You're listening to the Destiny Show Podcast, part of the Robots Radio Network, live on Twitch every Thursday night at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Robots Radio presents... Hello Guardians, it is Thursday, and welcome to the Destiny Show Podcast. We're on episode 17, and tonight we welcome Nem Plays, the host of Planet Destiny Podcast, and we'll discuss the perfected surprise that we got in Destiny this past week. We're also going to learn more about Nem Plays, and we'll dive into the weekly update from this week, and we're going to learn some more about the new season of opulence that will be coming in early June. If you like what you hear, you can check out the Destiny Show podcast on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Anchor, and so much more. You can also find us on the web at www.destinyshow.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter at The Destiny Show. So let's get the show on the road. First up, let me welcome my co-host Shadow Price. How is your week going? Hey, it's going great, man. Um, it's awesome. The nice surprise that Bungie dropped on our laps. The uh, was it, two days ago. Yeah, and it was a lot of fun doing that mission and everything. I didn't get it the first day, but I got it last night and everything. So I wanted to make sure to try it out a little bit before. And it's a lot of fun, especially in Crucible. And uh, it's a really cool mission that they they brought to us. So I was super excited about that. Yeah, you know, just when you think you're going to count Bungie out and when things become quiet and you don't really expect too much in the weekly updates, they shadow drop this amazing thing. And oh my, we're going to talk all about this today. But before we dive into all of this craziness, I want to welcome our guest on the show, Nem Plays from Planet Destiny. Welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being on with us. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure, and we are so excited to chat with you tonight to learn more about you and how you got started in our community and learn more about what you do and... Uh, We'll dive into some new updates that came out from Bungie headquarters earlier today. We're going to talk about that new raid that will be coming out, and we're going to dive into a lot of things today. So I am so excited to be here tonight. There's definitely a lot to go through. Yeah, yeah it all happened in the span of a, like a couple days and everything. Yeah. So. <laughs> It's really nice. Yeah, it's it's been a really awesome week to be a, a Destiny fan. And it's so great to see everybody almost coming back together and playing Destiny and getting excited. I remember the weeks before this new update dropped, it seemed a bit quiet in Destiny. It seemed like it was harder to find people to play with. There weren't as many people online involved in the game and playing raids and doing stuff. And now it's like this burst of energy that just came into the game. And it's, it's so exciting. So 
let's let's begin with our discussions with the guardians and of course we welcome nem from planet destiny he also played a really awesome role of jaron ward in the last word and thorn lore video by my name is bife and he's been a really active member in this community he's been a really awesome awesome member and he actually has his own podcast with planet destiny that he does each and every week on sundays we will have more information about that in the show notes so you can learn more about that and check him out uh, with his podcast and we're going to learn so much more about nem uh, so let's begin with our discussion with the guardians with our interview segment and we're going to learn a lot more about nem yes so nem how does Nem ask so many good questions? And this is actually a question from our good friend Protheon. So thank you so much, Protheon, on Twitter for asking the question, the first question of the week. Oh, you know, it's it's Protheon, buddy. It's a gift. It just, they just come to me, you know, from from the void, and then it it just uses me as a vessel. Uh, no, a lot of, honestly, it's just, I've gotten lucky. Uh, and that, part that particular question is an inside joke of my Twitter handle. Um, it's, well, it's a joke within the community kind of, um, I've managed to get lucky somehow and Bungie has answered my questions in their live streams for the past three live streams in a row. And, uh, it's kind of nerve wracking when Deej remembers your name. That's that's a pretty so, solid uh, track record and feet right there. Yeah, it is. It, you know, I somebody was like, "Are you going to go for a fourth one?" I'm like, "Dude, I don't know. I feel like I'm three for three. I don't want to push my luck." <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's what that that little con for context of that is because my Twitter handle is a Nem the Asker of questions. <laughs> Very cool. Very awesome. So, what did you ask for that last question that you asked of Bungie? Uh, so it was kind of a tricky question. It was kind of to maybe poke and prod what kind of information we could we could get. Um, their stream was the Shattered Throne right along. And I asked them, you know, if the, based on the positive reception that they received from that particular type of activity, is it something that they could possibly revisit in the future? You know, more dungeons. Uh, so... Yeah, it was it was pretty funny to see Deej immediately turn to Brendan Thorn and just kind of give him the the side I, eye. Yeah. <laughs> like, hmm, be careful with what you say. <laughs> I remember I remember that question actually because yeah, I was watching the live stream and everything, and now it's funny. Like yeah, they were looking at each other, and now look at what happened this week. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like every time yeah, the studio is quiet, like they're about they're about to drop something, and you know how the. There was no yeah. hardly no yes. update last week. It was just so thin, and then exactly. this week is just yeah. like so, wow. <laughs> yeah, a lot of lot, a lot of good stuff happening. Exciting times, and we will be diving into this week's update, and we're going to talk all about that a little bit later on. But before we do, let's learn a little bit more about Nem. And Nem, how did you get started in the Destiny community? How did this whole journey begin for you? Um, well, I've been, as we kind of talked about this a little bit before the show started, um, I played Destiny uh, since the beta. Um, beta but boys. in terms of nice. getting, <laughs> yeah, I, in, in terms of getting 
into the community um, and working in a, in a I guess larger scale. Um, it's back when I started with Planet Destiny in the Rise of Iron. It was like at the last legs of Rise, Rise of Iron is when I actively started to put stuff out there. Um, previously, I kind of ran a clan and I did deserve videos for them and and little podcasts as well. But eventually they that clan ended up dying out. So I kind of shifted that energy elsewhere. Very cool. And and now you started playing Destiny before you actually got in with Planet Destiny, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I was actually kind of forced into Destiny, if I'm being honest with you. <laughs> oh, I, I think Shadow Price is actually in the same boat. He, he can uh, relate to that sentiment. Yeah. It was, it was me, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, we're all, we're all dragged and kicking and screaming, it seems like. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I don't know. I, I remember seeing the the advertisements and the trailers for destiny and at that time i had pretty much played every single call of duty that had released so i was starting to get burnt out on first person shooters and i didn't really have my eye on another one so i i used to work at target in the electronics department and my my buddy there ashen he's a big bungee guy like he comes from halo he played all of those, and I believe his dad actually helped edit the Halo 2 documentary. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So he he, he was always keeping his eye on the game, man. When launch day came, I remember I was, I was uh, coming to clock into work, and he was clocking out. And he comes up to me. He's like, hey, uh, what you going to be up to after work? And I'm like nothing i'm probably just uh gonna go home and uh, vegetate a little bit play some games <laughs> and he's like well you're not anymore you're gonna come with me to gamestop for the midnight release and i'm like oh, really like you're gonna make me wait <laughs> there with you it's like like i got off at like eight o'clock that that night he's like i'm like you're gonna make me wait over there he's like buddy they're gonna have food i'm like all right that's it that's all i needed <laughs> to know so we got there and he pay, he goes in to pay pay off his his copy and he's like come on let's get the game and i'm like i really don't want to spend money on another game that i'm only going to play with you sorry for the dogs by the way um quite all right and uh yeah and ultimately he convinced me he twisted my arm he's like all right so i i ended up just buying it right then and there and waited waited with him till like midnight to get the game very cool yeah me and uh shadow price actually played call of duty before we started playing destiny and before we played call of duty we were playing halo reach so for us okay. it seemed like a natural progression to move from you know the the last bungee game and then we played call of duty i think call of duty ghost was the one that we played yeah the ghost most. was right and before right after yeah. right after that advanced warfare came out there was only one thing that I enjoyed about that game, and that was the blacksmith shader. It was the best shader in the game, in Destiny. But that was a pre-order bonus from GameStop for buying that Call of Duty game. I think it was Advanced Warfare. I, we played Advanced Warfare maybe for a day. We just couldn't really get into it. 
and we play Destiny really ever since we started. We never really put it down. And even when we switched platforms from Xbox to PlayStation, we picked up another game, spent two days with the game, and then we were back at GameStop picking up a copy of Destiny for the other platform because we just missed it after just two days. And yeah, we've oh, never really gotcha. looked back, man. It's been it's been the coolest journey to meet so many awesome people in the community and the camaraderie when you get a chance yeah. to complete this really challenging activity that everyone's really working hard to complete together and there's so many different awesome puzzles and the the weapon mechanics and so great such an awesome the environment game. Such a fantastic it, title yeah, yeah. yeah it's a it's, it's a beautiful beautifully designed game yeah. yeah, I think for for everything that they do wrong, they do ten things right, and it makes it so well worth playing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we kind of wish we, we we would have had a midnight launch for the first game, but uh, unfortunately, ours didn't go that way, did it, Corn? Oh no, no, it was a, it was a midnight disaster. I think I I uh, drank tea and cried myself to sleep that night. Oh no, <laughs> yeah, no, it, it wasn't that bad. Well, here here's the thing. At that point, we didn't really know what we were missing in Destiny. We didn't really know what raids were. We had an idea mm -hmm. that there was this really challenging activity that would take like 20 hours to complete. But we didn't know yeah. what it was, so we didn't really know what we were missing. So we still played Call of Duty for another week, or was it Call of Duty that we, we played? played? Ghost, I think so. Yeah, we played. because they, they were late getting your copy. It took the... Yeah, yeah, it was like a week late. You were a week late, but, yeah. But we made it, and since then we never looked back and i think i picked up every single collector's edition of the game ever since i've been so hooked i think i own yeah. every single soundtrack so yeah we've, we've yeah. been we've, big fans of the game we went back well. and bought the the ghost edition from d1 and everything so we could so oh, we'd have you. the dinkle bot <laughs> gotta have the dinkle bot nice. yeah. gotta have that dinkle bot mm -hmm. yes it's yeah it's been really awesome that's very cool so nem how did you first get started with planet destiny that's a pretty respectable organization that puts out some really amazing content in destiny how in the world did you get started with them honestly man i think it it all boiled down to luck and timing um when i approached the old manager um in planet destiny it was probably like it, it was probably around the last legs of rise of iron so content was relatively low um but you know i had always i used planet destiny pretty much throughout the entirety of of destiny mm -hmm. uh one you know and i admired all of those people you know i remember when mesa sean sir wally um holtzman and and the rest of the dcp crew were still part of them and that's what I or where that was my source and my go to. So at the last legs of Rise of Iron, um, you know, I I had all the equipment, basically, you know, I had the proper I had a proper mic, I had a camera, um, I had editing software. And at that time, I was just kind of streaming on my own time and my own channel. And I was like, you know, what? I, I, I kind of want to do something with this because I felt like when I, when I was doing stuff for myself, it wasn't it wasn't really getting anywhere. And I thought I, I felt pretty confident in, in what I what I did. So I reached out to the brand manager and I'm like, hey, you know, I I, I play the game. I have like 
three thousand hours in 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 the game. Um, I have a capture card. I have an editing software. I have a you know I have a Yeti. Are you guys by any chance looking for uh, streamers or content creators? Um, and I want to say within the week I heard back from them and they the 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 manager at the time asked for samples basically you know like a portfolio of what I had done so I sent them the videos that I do, that I had done and I sent them my Twitch channel so they can look at vods and stuff like that um and within a couple of weeks they accepted me into into the crew um initially as a streamer uh, I started off streaming in the for the channel and then eventually kind of moved my way out into other other areas of Planet Destiny. Dude, that that's so fucking awesome. And I'll tell you why. One, it shows that you're out there making content. Two, you're not afraid to just say, hey, I want to be a part of this. I want to be involved. Yeah, you know, I, I figured, like, what do I have to lose by, by asking? You know, like, it, it's just a matter of taking a chance and trying to get out there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think I've had kind of a similar approach to everything I've been doing. Because we actually have been wanting to podcast for a really long time now. We actually had the idea first in 2015. And then we didn't really get started until 2017. But then when we actually got started... I realized very quickly that we were pretty trash and that there's no way I can put this out. But then when I even tried to edit that garbage mess, I couldn't really put it into anything reasonable and I really, really didn't know how to edit. I was really bad. I was using Audacity and Audacity really scared me and mm. I just didn't really know what, what I was doing. So flash forward two years later... I told myself at the end of last year that I was going to get things started and it may not be perfect. It might not be the best, but we're just going to do it. And I stayed yeah. committed to that. And the one thing that I always used as like a philosophy for me is to always just don't be afraid to ask people because, yeah. you know, some people aren't going to say yes, but other people will say yes. And if you're really passionate yeah. about what you're doing, you know, you keep working hard and you stay focused on what you're doing. And even with when it comes to like getting guests, like people sometimes ask me, how do you get these people on the show? And I'm like, well, I ask. That's what I do. I ask. And yeah. usually people are nice, especially in the Destiny community. People are very cool. And it's it grew into a really cool thing that allows people to learn about our guests in a much deeper way like we get to sit down and learn a lot more about you in a way that you might not be able to learn in a different platform yeah and you know that's actually one of the um you you hit on a, on a good good topic there because i've been approached by people that want to join planet destiny right because now that I kind of like streamed away uh, from being part of the stream team, um, I'm, I work very close with the brand manager, Moonvald, um, in terms of like looking out after the channel, because the channel is just as important to me as it is for her. Um, and I've been approached by people that want to join, but, you know, when I asked them, like, do you have 
a portfolio, stuff that I can look at cuz you want to you want to make sure that if you're going to bring in somebody to a brand that has been renowned, you know, th- throughout the community for years, you want to make sure that they're putting something positive out there and something good and at least some kind of quality to it. Um but I've I've gotten messages before it's like no, I don't really have anything to show for. And to me that that like it it does show ambition but you have to have some sort of like evidence to show that you're passionate for it like it doesn't matter if you have a small channel or if you have a youtube channel with like five subs something that we can look at to see you know how your one how how do you edit the quality of it what you bring forth to the channel um so yeah as long as you're putting stuff out there even if like it's you know for like 10 people that are watching or for five people that are watching just make sure that like the passion that you say you have reflects on what you're putting on social media that's really great advice yeah absolutely and also you're also looking for that dedication that commitment because you don't want somebody who makes one video and then says oh this is too hard and I'm done. Exactly. You want somebody yep. who's consistent and committed. And ultimately, that level of commitment really takes you far because even if you may not be the greatest at first, you start getting better and then everything starts to click and you start to really get what you're doing and it becomes almost a natural thing. Exactly. Um, I mean, I can honestly... I've grown within the channel. Uh, I look back at, at some of the earlier reviews that I used to do for planet destiny and Oh my God, they were so rough. <laughs> I'm so thankful that they took me in, but uh, I can definitely see that progression and, you know, cause it's, it's something that I have enjoyed doing over time. So yeah, you, you just got to commit to yeah, it. Yeah, I've always enjoyed watching planet destiny, you know, cause they have been the source of, destiny information ever since the beginning practically like you said when mason yeah. sean and sir wallen and all those people were there and it's funny because yeah we wanted to start the podcast in 2015 just like corn said and it was trash in the beginning i was recording on my iphone basically because i didn't have any other equipment <laughs> yeah. or anything like that Cornholio yeah. was the one who pushed me to get all the equipment to buy the blue yeti to for us to build our pcs and and get the right software mm-hmm. and all this other stuff like yeah He's, you know, so, and here we are today. Funny story about the PCs. We actually built those PCs literally the day before the beta came out on PC Mm -hmm. for Destiny 2. Like, literally, we built it, and we were like, fingers crossed, we hope this thing actually runs, because this is the first time we ever (laughs) built a computer. And I'm not sure why we decided building one was going to be better, because, okay, so we we originally were going to go with, like, an i5 processor, and I heard that if you build your computer for gaming, it's more custom, and it's just better. You're going to get m- more bang for your buck. It's going to be a yes. better investment. I never imagined that I was going to spend almost $600 on a graphics card. I did. Mm-hmm. I actually ended up getting a, a 1080 Ti Oh, nice. And I'm I'm glad I did. It was a great investment. But originally I was going to go with like a mid-range computer for like 600 bucks from Dell. And I realized that in researching the game capture card, because I picked up an Elgato, 
I realized for it to have maximum output, to have the overlays, and that was before I even knew what overlays were, but I knew that mm. I want to have the best quality for what I'm doing. So I built my computer so I can do stuff like this, so I can podcast and do streaming and put out content. So I researched it for about four or five months, and we, me and Shadow Price, we spent hours, sometimes on a daily basis, just like talking about, I shit you not, power supplies. Like literally, we went back yeah. and forth that one day because... Mm -hmm. I researched that you want the Japanese transistors, so we ended up going with the EVGA uh, G2 nerd talk. Definitely not for the D Destiny fan base. But uh, we ended up building these computers with so much care and so much research because we wanted to make sure that we're putting out the best content out there because we knew we were going to be doing that because it's something we were passionate about. I mean, Shadow Price has put in 5,000 hours into D1 alone. Um, I have put in about 7,000 hours between Destiny 1 and 2. Mm. So we kind of like the game, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. kind of enjoy it. <laughs> so it ended up just being this cool little thing. And right the day before the game came out, we finally had all of the components. Shadow Price came over to my house and we started building, putting the the cpu cooler was probably the most challenging the thing hardest. it took like four hours and like three men it took some manpower i shit you not oh, wow. it was bad it was just um, the way it was like prefabricated and everything you just had to like hold things a certain way and you know just it was yeah. just we watched like five to seven youtube videos on how to install the freaking <laughs> thing it was just, yeah. yeah but it's been great like the things that work colors, I got a 1080. It's not a 1080 Ti, but you know, I got a good price for it. Yeah. But yeah, our we we researched all the parts, got all the highest power, uh, the best components, uh, and did all the like looked at Tom's what was it parts the parts picker or something PC part picker PC, PC dot com yeah. shout outs yeah that thing yeah yeah so yeah yeah it's a good time good time mm -hmm. that that's good stuff. I I mean I I have a pre built that was actually gifted to me from a member in the community back in the day. But I guess we can get into that into uh, one of the later questions that I see here. Absolutely. So how did Planet Destiny get started? Do you know the history behind how they began? I don't know the entire history. Um, I do know that it was, it's, it was owned by an external parent company, um, in Sweden, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it was tied to a website, uh, the Destiny LFG website, um, which then eventually kind of like became Planet Destiny. Um, but outside of that, I'm not entirely too sure of, of, of that history. That's probably something that either um, the older members would know, you know, like maybe Holtzman. Um, yeah. But it, yeah, as far as I know, it's it it, it was it's, it's weird because it was owned by a sep like like I said by a parent company um, that owns the the brand. Um, but as far as actually how it became a thing, not entirely too familiar with. Yeah, that. where I first saw it was all was a website and was YouTube like that. Yeah, they they, yeah. they put out I've, the YouTube videos. And everything. I remember the YouTube. Yeah. I found them first because of the YouTube channel, 
and then from there the i podcast. saw there was like a link to their to their blog and i i think i searched for one of the guides and planet destiny would always come up at the very top mm-hmm. of the search so they were kind of the go-to and then yeah. i learned about more things and different features that planet destiny had which was really a cool thing that set them apart from other uh organizations at that time that did uh destiny coverage like for example great great coverage people like ign's fireteam chat uh but planet yeah. destiny they were very more involved in a deeper way like for example they had an lfg they had you know eventually a discord and whatnot mm-hmm. and so, the podcast and everything too the podcast yeah. And I really enjoyed all the guides. You know, whenever I wanted to learn about new stuff that came out in the game, I would always go to Planet Destiny to learn more about all of that. Oh, me too. And yeah, and even like too. different news about new, new things that were happening in Destiny because the weekly updates are awesome that come out once a week, but you always want to have a little bit more than what that offers. And Planet Destiny, for me, it always offered that to me. Yeah, and, and, yeah it was, it and a little yeah. bit of that TBL voice, too. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. much respect for everything that you guys do. We definitely admire your work, and you have influenced Thanks, our stuff as well in some way. So, for sure. Thank you. Respect. Thank you. <laughs> so recently, I know that you played the role of Jaron Ward in The Last Word and the Thorn lore video made by my name's did wife. yeah now how did a project like this come to life and when did you guys get started with this well i know that bife has been working on that video for a good while because i do remember seeing the the art um that was used in that video uh work that he, i can't remember his name steven his last name is hard to pronounce um but he's been working on that for a good while. And I think one of the one of the reasons why it never came out until recently was probably lore reasons. Um, to get like the full thing. But in terms of like how I was I was approached by by Bife thanks to to Moonvald. But I know that he had been working on that for a good while. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And what was your experience like to record the voice of a pretty substantial Destiny character? Let me tell you, it was terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Moonvault had been working with Bife uh, on that video because she voices Jaren Ward's ghost. Um, and Bife was in need of additional extras. So he had pr- approached me and he was like, hey, dude, you know, I'm working on this Thorn uh, Last Word lore video and I have I, I, I need some more lines. And I, he's such a sweet dude. And he was even apologizing for it not being a bigger thing, because originally the role that he had asked me to, to read for was one of the bandits that Dredgen Yor um, kind of like confronts in the beginning of that video. Mm-hmm. Um the original line that I was supposed to say was um, he asked you a question. And when I recorded it and I sent it to him, I sent it to him with kind of like that deeper 
tone. So, you know, it was just more of a, he asked you a question. <clears throat> and when I sent that to him, the next morning, I get another, I got a response from him saying, first of all, thank you. Second of all, had I realized that you could do that kind of raspiness and lower tone, I would have had you do something bigger. And then he he said, third, how does Jaron Ward sound? Uh-huh. And that, like, I my only response that I could muster was a gif of that surprised owl just turning, turning his head. Because <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it was like, uh... Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, hell yeah. Um, it was actually really terrifying, though, because, you know, it was only two lines, but it's one of those lines are pretty much kind of like it's like the line, you know, it's the yours, not mine. Right. Um, and, you know, that's something that's had a weight to it ever since Destiny 1. So I actually have to get, get in a call with him. And kind of like have have him give me directions on how he wanted it, right, um, gotcha. and it took it took several several takes to get something that he was you know that he felt like it was good for for the video. Um, but yeah, dude, it was it was something else. Yeah, you're <laughs> right because that that's such a prominent like uh, phrase because that was on the last word hand cannon for the flavor text mm-hmm. in D one. Mm-hmm exactly so. um and i i remember you know when when I, when I was first recording it i was just sitting at my desk just s- saying those words over and over again and we got in a call and he was like you know try doing the motion i want because I, I want when you say yours you know at that point he's raising his hand cannon so it has to come with some kind of like umph on the chest you know mm-hmm. um so I actually had to like redo my, my arm stand and stand up and do the motion of like, as a, if I'm pulling a handgun out of my holster to get the proper, like, you know, yeah. emotion out there. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. It's, yeah. that's really awesome. Now, how was the prep time for such a thing? Did you have a lot of time to prepare and to like you know recite the script and whatnot um he wanted it as soon as possible so it was just probably within two days wow um, two days yeah it was just two days because wow. <laughs> he sent it to me when the first time he got in contact with me it was fairly close to the evening time on my end so yeah um yeah, it, it 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 was. I wanted to get get it to him as soon as possible, so I got him. I got him that in just two days of just me saying those words for a solid like good while. That's pretty dope. <laughs> Have you done any voice acting before, or was this like your first no. time doing something like this? Yeah, it was. It was the first time, which is what made it even much more terrifying, considering it was for a My Name Is By wow. video. Wow! Yeah, Dude, major <laughs> major props. Like you delivered in a big way. Thanks, man. That, I appreciate that was it. really, really cool. Yeah, it was it was it was a cool experience to uh to see. That's actually how I got my movie of the week emblem. Um it, we got it l- that same weekend, I believe, DMG. 
uh, sent out the emblems to everybody involved. Oh yeah, no, no question. That's like open and shut and case right there. It. You guys all deserved yeah. it. Yeah. Like so much props to you guys for creating that. And I can imagine that took months and months to put together. I mean, oh, it took years because. I know I, I spoke to Blessius and I spoke to Connor Cronus, which did the voice for uh, Dredge such and an Lure. awesome voice. And oh, my like, God. Yeah. Oh, my dude. Yeah. If you ever get if you get ever get a chance to go into his stream to watch his uh, GTA uh, role play streams, you're going to have a blast. Um, but, yeah, I remember talking to them and it was they had originally been casted into those roles like three years before that. Wow. So that video it had been a good time in the making. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah, so you, now, like you said, he was waiting for that lore to come out uh, to mm-hmm. put all the pieces yeah. together and everything. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that that was like the pivotal moment for your Destiny community journey? It definitely was a highlight. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's so cool. And it must have been such an honor to be asked by Fife to work on such a incredible project. Like it's it's so cool. Yeah. So and you know what's funny about that? So <laughs> running joke within a couple of close friends in the community, and one of them is a uh, the Gambit engineer. Uh, his name is uh, Pino Pino Torius on Twitter. Um, you know he he always calls me an edgelord on Twitter and he's always making those kinds of jokes and stuff like that because I own the replica of Thorn made by um former formerly known as Impact Props currently known as Aurum Effects. Um I have their Thorn replica and uh it was it was almost po- poetic in a sense to play Jaren Ward which was the owner of Last Ward who gets killed by Thorn. Oh. Wow, yeah. So yeah (laughs) how ironic (laughs) it was pretty ironic yeah and all of my themes in my stream and on my twitter is all hive based so it was pretty ironic wow that's so cool yeah absolutely so between you me shadow price and our audience what would you say is the coolest thing about working with my name is bife his voice (laughs) yeah he's got he's he's such a like mellow person to to talk to like when i when i was talking to him for for that particular video um he was just so supportive and he was like dude you got this like just you know give it give it some some more tries and you'll get it he's like i i know i know you can do it he was incredibly incredibly sweet and worked and like super easy going to work with it's such a good distinguished dude. englishman for sure <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah what, he, he's great what yeah. always amazed me about bife is his ability to bring people together and to create yeah. such massive projects on a consistent basis week after week right. after week putting out videos that are well above youtube quality like really amazing quality content and such a young dude to for him to be able to have that skill to take such a project and bring it all together and to be so excellent in his craft we have so much respect for him and 
when it comes to lore, it's guys like him, Mylian Games, uh, Focused Fire Chat. Those guys are so awesome at delivering lore and giving us such a incredible side of destiny that on the surface you don't realize right but when you really dig deep you start yeah. to realize that there's so much story to the game and there's so much complexity to all of the different characters and their purpose and their meaning and why they're there and finally yeah. it's starting to kind of come together in this game of thrones kind of way where absolutely all these characters are starting to clash whether it be the nine and marsav and aldrin and Savathun and whatever the hell is like the pyramid ships and you know like we're just we're just geeks (laughs) getting really drifter and you know like and yeah there's a lot of cool threads going on right now uh what is what is the name of that video again nam the thornmore one um, I believe. Let me. See if I, if I'm, I, I believe it's called it the Last Word and Thorn Lore. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. Okay, well, everybody, pause this podcast right now and go listen to that video because that is amazing. That is amazing piece of work and art. It's fantastic. I mean, it was. I remember. I think Paul Tassi even wrote an article about that on Forbes. Yeah. It's a high it quality is a masterpiece. production. It is a masterpiece. And I am yeah. so honored and grateful to have you on the show to say thank you for your contributions to the project and to the entire team. What an excellent job that you guys did. And you guys gave us something very special that week to watch on replay. I was humbled over again. just to be asked to be part of that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's. Yeah. Yeah. You know the the entire cast and and Bife just put all of that so beautifully together. Yeah, I couldn't stop. I like I watched that straight through. I I just I couldn't stop. <laughs> it was just yeah, it was really yeah. good. Yeah. So kudos to the entire team on that. So absolutely. To move back to Nem and to learn more about you, I'd like to yeah. know who influenced you the most as a content creator in the Destiny community. Um, so primarily when, if, if I'm looking at it in a, like a Twitch aspect, um, I want to say professor Broman kind of inspired me to get on Twitch a little bit more and, you know, stream, but in terms of content creation on the YouTube side of things, uh, Patrick Casey, uh, also known as Holtzman is probably the top person that I look up to and admire in terms of you know the way he reviews things like weapons and stuff like that um he's so straight to the point he covers every aspect of whatever he's reviewing um and he does it in such a concise manner like holtzman has is by far like one of the primary reasons why i you know ever even considered joining uh planet destiny yeah, I used yeah, to watch Holzman's really cool. streams. I used to watch his streams and everything too. Like, yeah, he just has like a no nonsense, like you know, just approach to things and everything. You yeah. know, and it's you know, and it's and it's great information. You know, it's straight to the point, like you said, and everything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's a very no bullshit kind of guy. 
He doesn't really yeah, try to bullshit. Yeah, that's what I like it. about Holtzman. Holtzman he's, just puts out like all the information there. He's great, and he's done such awesome work with both Planet Destiny and also DCP and Bungie. He's been a, <laughs> and Bungie and Bungie. Although I I don't know exactly what he did at Bungie. I'm not sure. I believe. And Endgame was any Endgame like. Uh... Was he tester, like an endgame tester or I, something like that? I want to say he was a, yeah, he was a, a I, tester. I for think sure. it was for end, the endgame stuff, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not completely positive. Don't quote me on it, but. Now, do you have any cool story of any experiences with either Broman or Patrick? Um, not directly. Um, I hopefully will soon. Um, I'm going to be chatting with them in DCP, uh, in a couple of weeks. I'm pretty stoked about that. That's really cool. Congratulations on that as well. Yeah. Thanks. That's and gotta be like so said, exciting. Like it, that's, that's like, that's another, that's going to be another highlight for me right there. Um, again, because all of those people are people that I watched as I grew into too. the community yeah. of destiny. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So kind of going full, full, full circle here, um, you know, from viewer to being part of the channel. And now I get to sit down with the people that I watched as I went through year one of destiny and year two of destiny. So it's, it's pretty insane. Like it means a lot to me to be able to sit down with them as well and kind of talk about something that we are pretty passionate. That's how about. it's going to feel with a corn yeah. once we get Pope bear on the podcast. Ain't that right? Corn. one day one day (laughs) well and that's actually something that i've been really fortunate and really like i have that same feeling kind of every week because we get a chance to talk to some really awesome incredible people who have really awesome stories to share and to be able to do that in a game that we're so passionate about and we love so much it's such a cool experience it's really really fun Yeah, just as, I mean this ahead, this game this game has opened so many doors in and out of like the video game itself. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I think that uh this game has inspired me to kind of break out of my shell a little bit more. Uh, certainly mm-hmm. more than I normally would. I don't really enjoy going out to big parties and gatherings. For me it's always like a a very uh personal space and i think with destiny it allows me to meet some pretty awesome people like both from a personal side in terms of like friends of mine but also people within the community who i have admired my entire life well not my entire life but you know what i mean like my entire journey in this community so right Yeah. yeah The social aspects and everything with this game is like on next level. You know, it's it's all the all the people that you get to meet and all the different personalities and the friends that you you will grow to have and everything in the game. And it's it's incredible. Yeah, I mean, without this game, I probably would have never had the uh, opportunity or chance to travel to the UK and Scotland. So it's definitely opened up avenues where i i wouldn't think a video game would be able to absolutely totally now on that note what are some of the challenges that you face 
as a content creator today? Oh man. Um honestly, uh, the speed. Some of these guys are I sw- they, they they I don't know if they're either a machine or they have some kind of like pact with like unknown demon somewhere on how fast they get stuff out there. Um cuz that's that's probably one of the biggest challenges that um that we face in in the channel cuz one of the dif- one of the key differences between the planet destiny now versus the planet destiny that existed um like 2 to 3 years ago is that the people that you know like Holtzman and them they were that was their primary um like source of income and and job so they were focused on that as opposed to most of the staff that we have in planet destiny now um we all have like day jobs and stuff so trying to get news out there the moment it happens is extremely difficult (laughs) to to get to get that and i you know it's one of the things that a lot of people like comment on in, in in the channels but it's it's literally that it's just a speed of trying to get stuff out there because there's so many dedicated content creators that are just so incredibly like fast at putting that stuff out there like i don't know how dish does it that dude is an actual machine i'm convinced that man just like automatically is just there waiting for it to happen and it's just like on it dude. Yeah. That, that he's insanely quick yeah 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 he releases some really amazing content yeah also just like you said like the speed and ferocity are... like how he's able to get yeah. it done so quick and everything you know and get it out and there. It's yeah. such high quality too. Like the yeah, the level of quality with his, all of his content is so so great. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's the awesome parts of the, the the community. You know, it's like there's so many awesome members of the community that are just on so many facets. Uh, just you know, they complement the game in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you have a story that uh, you'd like to share that happened in your time with the Destiny community that made you smile? Yeah, there's there's a couple. Because, um, again, you know, we've had like five years almost of this game going on six. Right? Are we at six years? We're just about we're going on to six now. Yeah, I think so. Um, one the one that i was referring to earlier on in the show is um i probably wouldn't be here in, in if it wasn't for people that i've met in the destiny community particularly um this friend uh his name is uh he goes by the quasar back when this was during the crota's end days um i was part of this clan and i was one of their admins and i used to help people through Crota's End, I was one of their dedicated sword bearers. So if somebody needed a sword bearer, they would, you know, call one of the few that we had. And I would always siphon people in and out. So like if, if they were already a team of six, um, I would we I would replace one of them. And then we would have that individual person that got replaced come in and then we would repeat the encounter for them. And I used to stream all this stuff directly from my PlayStation 4. Um, And Quasar was one of our regular people that I used to raid with. And he was a really kind guy. And one day he sends me a message on on Bungie.net. 
you know, saying like, hey, I, I know you like to stream. Um, I have this computer that's pretty much just sitting here collecting dust because I don't ever use it. Are you interested in it? And like my initial thought was like, you know, he probably wants me to buy it. And I was like, as much as I would love to, because I haven't owned a computer in like six years, like I, I can't afford it right now. Um, and his response was, I never mentioned anything about money. <laughs> so, wow. Uh, I don't know. I have a really hard time accepting stuff from people um, like gifts and stuff like that. It makes me really uncomfortable. Um, but he sent it to me. And he again, he knew that I didn't have I hadn't owned a computer in like six years. So he sent me the full thing. He sent me the uh, the the tower and he purchased a monitor and keyboard and mouse for me and sent it along with with that. Wow. And that is the same computer that I use today for streaming, for Planet Destiny, for podcasts. It's it's the same. It's the computer that he he gave me. Um, so yeah, I, I literally wouldn't be here with with without them. Um, That's so and, cool. Yeah, dude, it was, it's insane. It's definitely one of the the more kinder things that anybody has ever done for me. So uh, that's definitely one that makes me smile. I think another one that I automatically comes to mind is when the week before Age of Triumph hit we were i was streaming on the planet destiny channel and i was doing uh crota runs just to kind of like take people through you know show them the ropes and get get them used to it because at that point it was a raid that nobody really ever touched um and the first fire team that i took through we just we went through a normal mode just effortless effortlessly and well by the time we beat crota turned out nobody had died so three people in that fire team got their flawless raiders and it was the last thing that three of them needed for their platinum trophy no way so it was <laughs> it awesome. was a really really neat surprise to like hear them super excited it's like whoa that was flawless it got my platinum like it was really cool it was again another one of those highlights that's so, really cool yeah that's amazing that's yeah Really cool. Shadow Price, do you have a highlight for you in uh, Destiny? Oh man, that made me smile. I'm putting you on the spot right now. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, probably just uh, I don't know, just like the feeling of just the feeling. That I know this is a kind of a cookie cutter an um, answer, but just the feeling of the game, like when I was playing in Vanilla Destiny. And not knowing like anything about it before and just playing it and just like enjoying every aspect of it and everything. You mm -hmm. know, it's just to, to the environments, to the loot and everything. And, you know, just in uh, the friends that you talk to and just the, the, the daily and weekly rituals you would go through and hopping on at five in the morning for reset and things like that, you know, and like staying up to the last moment when Zer left and stuff you know just all all those all those amazing memories things like that i'd have to say yeah like just 
some of the locations in D1 are like my favorite. Like I love Venus. I love every time I was on Venus, I was just that put a smile on my face. Do you guys remember the Skywatch? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so can much you not? fun. Yeah. The, the, the loot cave. Oh man. That yeah. was such a That's where I got my first hard light. Oh, really? That was my first exotic from That's the loot awesome. cave. I got hard light out of it. How long did it take <laughs> for you to get it? Hours. <laughs> hours. I sat there in that in that in the sky shock for, for Skywatch for hours just shooting into that loot cave. Yeah, we spent quite a considerable time in that loot cave of the thousands of hours that we've played Destiny, so I can relate to that. That was a really fun experience. I really hope they yeah. bring something like that into the game sometime in the future, because that was so much fun. Yeah. It'll be very yeah, nostalgic. Sure. So on that note, Nem, what is your favorite moment in Destiny? What do you enjoy the most about Destiny? Currently, um, I'm having a lot of fun with Gambit. So, Same. Yeah, that's probably been the one mode that I've actively participated in since Forsaken dropped. Gambit has been just like that perfect combination of PvE and PvP. And uh, I'm working on, I think I'm on my 12th reset now in Gambit. Oh my god. Um, wow. <laughs> That's yeah. You are a Gambit god. You're I don't yeah. I don't know. I I know people with higher. So I feel like my numbers are pretty low, but um I I love that game mode so much. <laughs> you are now known as Dredgen Nem on the podcast. You have earned that badge. <laughs> yeah, that was actually that was my Twitter handle for like the longest time too. It took me forever Very just cool. to get three resets. I felt like, oh, wow. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, no, I spent a lot of time in Gambit. Um, particularly when Forsaken dropped and I saw that Dredgen was a title, that's what I set my eyes on. And I knew that Malfeasance was the Gambit exotic, but obviously in the first two weeks we weren't really aware on how to get it. So I've pretty much spent the entirety of my endgame time just playing Gambit and seeing what could trigger that exotic quest to drop until finally we found out that it was tied to the uh, Ascended Prime meatball. But mm -hmm. I, I, I think I, I got Dredgen within the first couple of days that the meatball was available. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Respect. That's all I needed. I needed Malfeasance um, for that, and I needed the uh, the Ghost, so I just needed to get that and reset once to to get Dredgen. So how much Gambit have you played since Gambit was introduced in the game? You know what? Um, I actually have the, um, the Gambit stats page here pulled up. That's insane. I can tell you how many hours. That's awesome. I can... Let's hear it. So in terms of, let me see, Gambit Classic, I have, I want to, it's easy, it's easily at, at 100, uh, 200 hours. Wow. I have 202 hours in Gambit. Yeah. Just in You're one a machine. game mode. Wow. Wow. In one game mode, yeah. That's not counting Gambit Prime. No. Wow. I actually haven't played Prime as much as I've played traditional Gambit. 
Are you more of a traditional kind of guy when it comes to Gambit? I do like traditional a little bit more than Prime because Prime is just so reliant on team communication and going in solo, which is what I mostly go into Gambit as. Um, it's really hard to, I don't know, I don't want to say justify, but like motivate myself to solo queue into Gambit Prime. Yeah, solo queue in is is tough it's, right now. It's painful. Gambit Prime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's nice that the grenade spam city's done though. After you know the revelry and everything. God, I'm not gonna lie. I miss the. I miss the. I miss that in PVE. I miss the spam in PVE. Yeah. I wasn't too crazy about it in PVP. Yeah, it was tough to fight in PVP, but yeah, the PVE was nice to have and everything. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the one thing that I love the most about Destiny, besides the shooting mechanics, because you always come back to those really crisp shooting mechanics in the game that just bring you back, but I love the level yeah. of coordination that the game requires of you. Whether you're playing a Nightfall with someone, whether you're playing the Whisper mission, or maybe you're playing the new mission that we're going to talk about later on in the show, there is so much to do in the game that requires for you to work with other people in such a way that no other game has required before that I've experienced. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, you can go in with six people and the level of camaraderie that you have with those people the level of commitment that it takes to complete a raid right and then you get better yeah. and it becomes easier to a point when later on you start farming them and they become speed run activities and you're fighting from trying to complete the raid for the first time to trying to get it done the quickest i i love how destiny is evolving in such a way where it's becoming a game that everybody can come in and enjoy together. It's a very inclusive yeah. game, and I think that's what the devs kind of intended for it to be the most social game out there. I believe that was part of their marketing when the Vanilla Destiny launch happened back in 2014. Now, let me ask you a question here. Now, do you think because the game has definitely steered into a more social aspect, do you think that harms the end game? I think thus far, it hasn't. I think that some people would be excluded from the end game because you have to be at that maximum light level. For example, unless you're 700 going into opulence you're probably not going to complete that raid, at least not on day one. It's going to take you a little bit longer to catch up. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. that you're not able to catch up, and you will have some players feeling a bit more excluded, especially mm -hmm. when you have a certain group that can play that endgame activity, but others can't. And you'll always have a situation like that in any game where some players are at a much more advanced point in the game than other players but as long as they create meaningful mechanics that allow you to catch up in the game i think that's okay yeah. like for example the power surge bounties i think that's a perfect example of how they implemented a system where the players who maybe wouldn't have the opportunity to 
get to that level and play those raids, well, now they can just do some bounties and within a couple hours they can get up there to play certain things, but maybe not the latest endgame content. So let me so okay, because I'm actually I'm actually in the opposite camp of that. Um 700 is the current power cap. Now the I see because personally I feel like the power cap right now, or at least being 700, doesn't have a whole lot of weight to it. Because um, activities like the raid and nightfalls, they don't really, at least personally, don't have that endgame feeling anymore as it did in Destiny 1. Because you, you can get to max level without ever touching a raid. You know what? Dude, I'm totally actually with you on this because I have always felt that the system they had in vanilla destiny was good it was the right way to do it because the raids and the nightfalls were meaningful whereas now everybody gets an engram the prime engram mechanic feels (laughs) like fluff it feels like oh sometimes whenever we feel like it we're gonna reward you with a little cookie and that's how you yeah. really level up. <laughs> and that's kind of how it feels like. And I miss the system in D1 where there was meaning behind playing these raids, not only once, but each and every week. Even if exactly. even if I got that Vex Mythic class, guess what? I still need Ascendant Shards. I still need Radiant yeah. Shards. And now that whole system has been broken, in my opinion, because you have all of these milestones that reward you the sa- in the same way, essentially. And they are trying yes. to somewhat mitigate that because, like, the raids give you a plus five, the mid-tier activities give you a plus three, and then you have those little activities that give you a plus one. But I think the plus one activities seem kind of pointless. The plus, yeah, they're kind of softer yeah. caps that are just, yeah, I don't know, yeah. And, and like you're not were... being re- you're not being rewarded as much for like your accomplishments. You're being rewarded for the grind. And I feel like mm-hmm. I shouldn't be required to play three story missions a week to get a powerful bump increase. Because to me, that's not necessarily something I might want to do. I want to play more of the raids. I'd like to play more of the endgame content to take me to that higher pinnacle level. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's probably one of the, one of the aspects. And I mean, I get the argument that like people usually don't have time or sometimes LFG can be a nightmare. Um, but I think over time, nightfalls and raids have probably become less important, um, in terms of getting to the power cap simply because of that, of that reason that you can hit max and, uh, and not even ever touch what's to be considered an end game activity. I think really if, if, if you're going for maybe 1000 voices or possibly anarchy might be the motivator behind it um but i don't know even i don't know even for me raid armor doesn't pop as visually as it did in destiny one you're right yeah doesn't I, look as special no. doesn't feel as special i think yeah. that was the casual fion of the game you know basically when destiny 2 was dropped even and this was hinted at by activision in the earnings report like i like, like a year before like Destiny 2 drop, they said it was going to be more accessible to more people and things like that. 
you know, so, I mean, unfortunately, yeah. the writing was on the wall there. But also, yeah. the writing yeah. was on the wall in the opposite direction once, you know, they basically <laughs> criticized, you know, Forsaken for not doing numbers. And Luke Smith said, no, I think we did, you know, we're proud of uh, what our people did here with this piece of yeah. content and everything. And we stick yeah, by yeah, it. Yeah. And I think Forsaken was definitely a, a much better step in, in the right direction um, compared to how D2 originally shipped yeah. where heck you can farm public events and get exotic that was <laughs> so wrong and i hated didn't i corn hated <laughs> doing public events absolutely despised it i was like you didn't enjoy yeah. uh killing fallen walkers not again as, not as much as you <laughs> <laughs> that's in that scene that right there that's one of the aspects that i really miss about destiny one it's hitting hitting the nightfall and getting and being able to do the raid for a chance at, at at an exotic because i mean they're they drop a little bit frequently now in whatever activity that you're doing um but back then it was more of a, a like hey yeah you need you need to get up to gear in order to run a nightfall so you can possibly get you know either an exotic or even higher power level gear or light level so i don't know i think it's I really miss that time. If you got a legendary engram to drop in the raid, like back in the vanilla and like at the beginning, like during like that special, like you you were put in work because those things were not yeah. handed out in the raid at all. No. Legendaries were rare as heck in D1. Absolutely. It's like yeah, I personally like the mechanics that we had in D1. I do not like the system with prime engrams and just. The, the way that it is now, it doesn't feel as good as Destiny 1. It feels more meaningful in Destiny 1. And it makes the yeah. endgame content feel more special. And I totally agree with you on it that. It did. You know, and yeah. we have a lot of endgame content they can bring into Destiny 2 as well. We have the Prison of Elders mm -hmm. from D1. They already brought a piece of it into a strike. They can refine on that and add more to it. And I think it would be an excellent way for them to add more endgame into the destiny universe yeah by the way i apologize for totally derailing the podcast i just i like to get, i like to see what other people think in terms of like how the end game is currently sitting at so i i want i wanted to see your guys' opinion no on absolutely that. No, not great, man anytime question, man. any questions yeah. you have throw them right at us man we're happy to do this and to have this conversation with you so it's very much an open forum for you to share things with us and ask us questions as well so absolutely yeah and i see the game yeah. pivoting in more in that hardcore direction i i i have a feeling it's going back in that direction and everything i hope so yeah. I they hope did so. say that destiny 3 is going to be more hardcore the future of destiny is not more casual it's more on the opposite end where the people who crave that end game challenge will enjoy destiny the most and we could see that being something they're kind of leaning towards now, right? Because if you look at missions like the Zero Hour mission that we're going to talk about later and the Whisper mission that was released last year, you could see that these are not easy activities. These are not activities that somebody who just started playing Destiny would be comfortable jumping into and would be able to successfully complete it unless they're 
either more comfortable with jumps or you will do that mission 20 30 times until you get comfortable enough to be able to do it but that takes commitment as well not many people are yeah. going to want to do that I a lot of people are going to want to jump in yeah. get the mission done and sort of move on to the there. next thing mm-hmm. yeah so absolutely yeah so the next question that we have for you nem is actually from a community member one of our listeners uh, I hope I don't butcher your name. Uh, Fitz Zero from Twitter. He wants mm-hmm. to know if you could shape the future of Destiny Three. What would you like to see in it? Oh, just as we as how we were talking, um, a little bit more meaning for getting to Endgame would definitely be beneficial. Um, I would also love to see the game take more of an. Uh, rpg-esque type of like feel to it because it definitely has the potential for it um and i feel like because it's been primarily focused as a shooter uh we haven't seen a whole lot of that and we got a good taste of that with rise of iron with the artifacts you know like having the artifact where you can melee an, an ad and it could be your little minion for like 30 seconds or um oh, yeah the uh you know having yeah, the artifact. i remember that that was really yeah cool. i think it was called memory of perun if i'm not mistaken yes it could be yeah. yes but, memory of perun yep um that was definitely like one of one of my favorite aspects of it but i would love to see i would love to see more of kind of like that those kinds of systems in in game um because i i don't know I, f- I feel like they could really really go nuts with their pve activities and they make amazing amazing patrol zones and i know i know that they can do something wild with it and i would love to see this the game embrace a lot more of that uh rpg aspect of it yeah well said well said yeah i i agree i think Adding more RPG elements to Destiny 3 would make it a really, really awesome experience. Add more depth to it. You know, give us more missions like the Whisper mission. Give us more of the Shattered Throne type missions. Give us more of that endgame content that we can play. In fact, maybe most exotics should drop in that manner through challenging, fun missions that teach you about the storyline behind those weapons and engage the player in a very unique and interactive way. And I don't know how difficult it is to create such a mission like the Whisper mission and the Shattered Throne, but they're pretty big maps and pretty big worlds, so I can only imagine it would take quite a bit of time for them to make those. But imagine if we got like six of them when the game launches with Destiny 3. That would be insanely cool. So, you know, one of the, you know, we, we've kind of like touched that, you know, one of the great things about Destiny is the mystery and kind of not knowing what's next or what's ahead of you or what's in the game. Um, and w- with this example of the mission that we got on Tuesday and Whisper, um, do you, th- how do you guys think that if Bungie had introduced Thunderlord and the last word in the same manner? would have gone for the community i rather than giving them a proper like a trailer or a uh you know announcing it basically on on social media that we're getting these two things do you think do you think announcing it on social media would have been the better option or secretly adding it to the secretly. game 
Like it, it, the element of surprise is always the better way because See, you just get everybody jumping in at once and everything instead of expecting it. You know? Yeah. See, I actually am going to go the opposite route and I'll explain why. I think that they don't want to overdo it because if they overdo something, it's no longer a surprise. It's something you become accustomed to. If every single exotic dropped in a secret manner, these secrets wouldn't really feel as special as opposed to them doing it maybe once or twice a year with certain things that are super, super special and super powerful. Because if they just introduced a gun that's like really cool and exotic, but it's not above all of the other exotics like what we have right now with outbreak perfected i think mm -hmm. that it would take away that special moment i feel. think special feel yeah. yeah well i don't know like if, what if they brought gallhorn back in the game they didn't tell you and then they just dropped it into a secret mission. i think that would be Literally. an incredible thing and i think that would be an, an amazing idea for them to do and i hope they do that that would be fucking <laughs> awesome and that would be amazing i would love that yes or icebreaker i really enjoyed icebreaker and i really hope one day i get to use it in destiny 2 because that would be really dope Okay, I guess it's just it's a case by case basis then. Just depends yeah, on depends. the it rarity depends on the gun. and the awesomeness yeah. of the weapon and everything like See, that. See, but you <laughs> also have to remember, like some from a marketing standpoint, I think some of the exotics that they're going to be bringing into the game have to be part of their marketing materials, and they have to put it out there and saying, like, "Hey, this is something that's going to be in the game coming next season." So you have things that you can anticipate right and know that this is going to be coming but at the same time i think that it's always a good idea to bring something very unexpected and very special into the game as long as they don't yeah. overdo that let me give you one example um i think that in the past when you got those special emblems in the game from the bungee store they felt a little mm -hmm. bit more special because they were only doing it maybe once or twice a year but then they started doing it more frequently to a point where it just felt like another emblem that I'm getting in the game. So so I wasn't really compelled to go buy something every single time that a new emblem came out. Right. Right. But when it felt more... Now it's kind of with, with every store yeah. refresh, there's a different emblem. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it almost became now a seasonal thing that they do every three months, for example, rather than something that happened maybe once or twice a year. And you knew that was a very special thing that you got in the game. And if you missed out... That was probably going to be it. Yeah, I think I get I get that a healthy balance of the two is probably the better option because you don't want people to become you don't want them to start expecting surprises uh, left and right. Yeah, um, and if they do something like it, like it every single month or every two months, I think it makes it less of a surprise and more of a okay. It's that time of the month. We're expecting something new. When's it going to drop? Mm -hmm. You know, whereas right. now I think that they dropped it at a pretty good time in the game because the last week's update was kind of dry. And I know they're probably trying to buy themselves a little bit more time between the next content drop because they can only do so much. They can't just spill all the beans in one update that's happening three weeks prior. They have to have yeah. stuff to talk about next week in the update and the week after that leading up to the big release. And also they can't overpromise like they have in the past because they don't they don't want to not be able to deliver on the promise. And game development from what I hear is pretty difficult. So 
there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of things that happen behind the scenes in putting out a game like Destiny. I would like to see big story and uh, big worlds in D3. Like something like they're doing with Borderlands 3. Multiple, yeah. yeah. Like, Multiple worlds. Not just a yeah. circle. Not just a circle on a planet. You know, big worlds. Big, like, vistas. Yeah. Sweeping vistas. Things well, that, you but know. Here's, here's the other consideration with that. You got to remember that Borderlands 3 was in development for five years. Destiny. True the next Destiny game usually would get a three-year development cycle, which is two years less than what Borderlands got. So if we're going to want something massive like this, I think the community will have to... I would wait till 2021 or 2022. If it, if it was... So they could build something like, you know, that's something that I would want and, you know, something like yeah. substantial, yeah. like content that's going to be like incredible and everything with tons of loot, like... You know, not as much as Borderlands. Like nothing's gonna have as much as Borderlands as far as loot goes and things like that. But I would just like more opportunities for loot and different like skill trees. Like open the skill trees up all over. You know, let let's let's get really deep in with those and everything. You know. Well, I mean, we know again. Again, I'm no developer, but we know that typically they start working on a next iteration of the game fairly fairly early after the initial launch title comes out so True. destiny 2 came out on what's 2017 i want to say september 8th 2017 and i know this because i have a jumbo destiny 2 poster in my room right now that was from the <laughs> launch and shout outs to the gamestop people who were so kind to uh gift it to me they didn't even want any money i was like do you guys want like 20 bucks or something because i like i want this but like i feel bad just taking it yeah. but uh, i have this really awesome poster from the destiny 2 launch that's really taking up like half my room uh september 8th <laughs> so, 2017 was the date was it 8th i thought it was 6th uh actually they may have moved it back on the poster it says the 8th but they yeah. you're right i yeah, think they moved the it sixth. back to yeah. the 6th yes yeah. they moved the release okay. back so Regardless, it came out 2017, um, and I'm I'm fairly certain that from probably that moment already they had they they've been working on whatever next iteration of, of Destiny is going to be because I mean they're never like a, it's not like a one to one on time. It's like all right, we're working on Curse Curse of Osiris from the launch of Destiny two up until now. I'm sure they've already had most of those art assets and stuff settled by by that point so we've probably already had three years of work time on the next iteration of destiny so if we're if we're going by a five-year release schedule 2020 would probably be the next release date that we see for for a destiny game yeah, I think that would be pretty accurate because 2020 is when we're kind of expecting the next-gen consoles to be released uh, with mm -hmm. Sony and Xbox. And there's something expected from Nintendo as well with the Switch Pro. So we're expecting the console wars to kick off again kick back up. with uh, next year. And I think that's going to be a perfect time for Destiny to come back with a new release I really hope that yeah. they have enough time to really develop everything they've wanted to because it's been kind of tough for them. I mean, not having a publisher, that's a big change for a 
developer, even with 800 employees like Bungie. I was just going to say that. I think that they do incredible work with what they do between the music, the art, the world design, the sandbox, the weapons. They do a really awesome job with all of these things. I would love to see more of that as a player, of course. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want more stuff to do in the game (laughs) and more variety? But sometimes you have to be realistic of what they're able to come up with as human beings because i mean they they can't sit there and work 24 hours a day you know i mean they they need to have lives too and they already have 800 people employed so it's got to be there's got to be pressure on them as well with putting out the content but also now making money without having activision to back them up in a financial not having high moon studios not having vicarious visions now to create content exactly yeah things like that so could that push the release date to 2021 like will that uh, move the needle and make them take more time can they afford that time i mean on 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 the bright side they're no longer contractually obligated to release on a specific year so they don't right. they don't have that sense of like rush you know what i mean i'm sure there is a sense of rush but like you know there's there's papa activision is not just kind of like looking at bunches like all right you got it you watch push it out. watch and everything yeah yeah mm-hmm. so again like i think also not having activision is a super beneficial thing for them because they don't have that particular pressure to follow a certain contractual schedule see um, i think this is very interesting is on the one hand they don't really have a contractual obligation to activision their previous publishing company but they have but in a way an obligation they kind to of their have customers. an obligation to their fans mm-hmm. because there yeah. is an expectation for content to be released in certain increments of time and if for they sure. miss that not oh, i would say more of a I, I don't i don't know if you would say moral obligation that might be a little too extreme of a word <laughs> but a goodwill kind of obligation to their fans where they are expecting content at a specific time frame so imagine yeah. if bungie came out and said hey we're taking a year off in the fall i'm pretty sure you will have quite a few fans who will be upset about it some will be understanding i think i would be more on the understanding side but we do have a a share fair of a fair share of toxicity in our community where bungie would get pretty ripped apart if they said hey we're not going to release anything in september so or december or now i would say march and june so now they kind of set a precedence and a path and of course they don't have to necessarily follow it because ultimately they have to make decisions that are going to benefit them in the long term rather than the short term and if they have to put out a message that's kind of hard for people to take in but it's for the greater good that's what they're going to have to do i don't think it's going to be in the case of them not releasing anything this fall I think we are probably going to see some kind of an annual pass yes. model where we get smaller yeah. DLC in, in the fall, in the winter, and then in the spring or summer. But I think that's what it's going to be. I think instead of four releases coming into the future, we're going to get maybe three, one in the fall, one in December, and then maybe another either in the spring or the summer 
And I think that's how we're going to lead into the next big game that's going to be released with hopefully what's Destiny 3 or the Destiny Complete Collection, maybe? That might be cool, too. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's why... Yeah, it's definitely... Yeah. It's I don't know. They, there's definitely a sense of expectations of like when we're going to see a next the next iteration of the game but there's so many questions as well it's like is it going to be another hard reset are we continuing with the same character or gear that we currently yeah. have will the um, vault get blown up again yeah exactly so it's things like that that's you know they're they're probably the bigger questions it's how they're going to handle the franchise moving forward cuz now they you know there there is no there should be at least not that not that we know of um no more exclusivity in between consoles i hope not i um, hope not i'm so over yeah, it that was definitely yeah. an activision thing yeah and it was the worst um, like i would say in history of any game because at the best case scenario it was a one-year exclusivity at the worst case scenario it was a two-year two exclusivity yeah and i, I yeah. think that's unacceptable and that is not a good for way to treat people your fans paying for the same price you know and expecting the same content it's the right? people, people who love some the people game. are paying the same price but getting less exactly. content yeah you know you, you don't shit on the people who love your game and support <laughs> your game and i'm sorry no matter how you spin it i see this exclusivity deal as shitting on your fans and i think this is a shame on playstation for doing this and you know, for me as a gamer, I think that if it wasn't for a few of the games that I really love and respect from the PlayStation exclusive genre of games, mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have a PlayStation because of this kind of practice because it's so anti-gamer. Yeah, yeah and not it's only not... did it start with the whole cross, you know, not a lot, you know, the PlayStation exclusives, then it's not not allowing the crossplay and things like that, blocking crossplay and mm -hmm. games like Fortnite and Rocket League and all that stuff. And basically, just becoming hated by people out there, like just for their practices and everything, where everybody else yeah. is like playing along, playing together. Microsoft and Nintendo are making videos together, like in Minecraft, you know, so <laughs> holding hands. I, I and think, everything. especially, like, especially today in the business space, it's very important to have a positive image and goodwill. And you have to be able to play with others well together if you're going to succeed. In today's world because i think people are sensitive to these things and people are realizing that hey these practices are not really cool and they're not really benefiting us as a whole and we need to find other ways to monetize than excluding players from being able to enjoy the content that developers created because guess what it's not fair to the players and it's not fair to the developers who created awesome exotic weapons and armor and strikes that we all cannot enjoy because of some deal yeah. that companies decided to make between themselves absolutely i mean if if a shining example of that is when uh they updated zur's inventory and wave splitter made its way to xbox and pc and then bungie had to come and deactivate it because uh contracts obligations so yeah instead i think that sony should have said you know what it happened if you got it, you got it. Congratulations. But we're not going to just block players. But Because this practice does not benefit the players in any way. And I think this is a prime example. And it reminds us 
why exclusivity is kind of a bad thing in our industry. And I understand they have to make money. They have to put bread on the table. They have to support 800 plus developers who work at Bungie very hard every single day to bring us the content that we love. But there needs to be other ways to do that. Even maybe introduce yeah. a subscription model. I think we, we've been talking about this for weeks now that we think a subscription mo- model may benefit the game because it continues to fund the game. And if that's what it would take for us to get a better destiny, a bigger destiny, I'm all for that. Let me, I, let me tell you though, destiny as it stands right now would not be suffice or would not suffice to um, have a subscription Agreed. model Agreed. to it. I, um, I think I would, I, I would a hundred percent support a, um month to month subscription for destiny but the content has to be there yeah they would have to ramp up content they would need to hire more staff pve would just need to be massive i mean like wow massive like massive areas and like crazy amounts of armor and weapons and large raids in order for me to to be like all right you know what here's my 15 dollars a month or here's my 20 dollars a month to to support the game but as it stands right now i think the annual pass is a solid um way and honestly like ever since the split with activision um i i fully support the game through eververse when when i see something that i like i now that i know that that money is going directly to bungie instead of activision I have no problems picking up some silver and getting well, like an exotic ornament from uh, from the bundles. Like I got the uh, the patient zero. Oh, nice! How do you like that? How do you like that one? Oh, it's beautiful, dude. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like I know from like if you just kind of inspecting it, it looks a little raggedy and rusty, but the Siva animations um, go crazy when you shoot on the actual weapon. It's really really cool looking. That's really cool. I'm gonna pick one up, and I actually have this tradition. Whenever they come out with a mission like Whisper Mission, I always told myself I would support them. I would go the extra mile to say thank you for creating this amazing content. And I think this new mission that some of our listeners may have played already and got their sweet loot and got their bread. And uh, it's such an awesome mission and it's so well worth their support. And I think that if, if it means... Yeah. By the way... Have have you guys noticed that these ornament bundles are a little bit cheaper than the whisper ones? Yeah, it's only seven hundred piece. It's seven hundred. It's not a thousand. Yeah. Do you guys think that's that's because of Activision being gone and there's no more set pricing on uh on Eververse materials? That could very well be it. I I don't know if they have any kind of contractual obligations still with Activision because you got to remember that the studios that have been developing this content were tied to Activision in some way. So I think that they're, I mean, and I don't know, I may be totally wrong about this, but I would imagine there are still some ties until fall. Opulence is pro- it's the last tie exactly. as far as we know. Exactly. Yeah. So, but it could very well be. It could also be maybe because the popularity of the game has diminished and 
based on the numbers that they're seeing, they thought it was in their best interest to drop the price in order to get more sales, just based yeah, on the analytical data. Yeah. Um, I mean, I noticed that as well with the, um, with like the electrical, um, emotes i thought honestly thought they were going to be more expensive than what they me were Me too. they were only like 500 silver a piece i think yeah it was really like five, cheap. Bu- yeah. five bucks each and stuff like that dude i will support it 100 percent. yeah like and i don't no, know if you guys no, have noticed no this but over the years i think that bungie has been kind of moving away from the loot box model and adapting more of a here's a bundle and here's what you're going to get for it and you know exactly what yeah. you're buying into. Yep, and I love that. Me too. 100%. Me too. I totally support that way more than the question mark bundle where you just get loot boxes and you don't know what you're getting. Yeah, yep. you won't be able to you won't be able to get those loot boxes probably pretty soon cuz uh, it looks like they're going to be passing some legislation here very quickly. Yeah, the US is actually has been proposing some new legislation that would prevent loot box loot box sales in the u.s so yeah. it's really interesting to see what comes out of all this otherwise your game's gonna get slapped with a nice ao rating on it and everything and mm. then that game will be dead in the water <laughs> so that's wild dude now i do want to ask now that we know yeah. some more information about the upcoming end game content in destiny with season of opulence we have a little bit more information about that next raid yeah. How are you going to prepare for the next raid this June? Um, honestly, man, I think I'm kind of ready. <laughs> all my characters are at 700. Um, pretty much all of the weapons that I currently use in Last Wish and um, Scourge of the Past that are considered to be some of the better weapons to use for DPS. I'm pretty set in terms of gear and equipment. Um. I believe I'm going to be trying uh, Crown of Sorrow, the new raid, um, with Pyro and his friends on day one. So I'm pretty stoked and I'm, I feel pretty prepared for it. Very cool. We got to get a cool. team, Corn. <laughs> and Together. we're going to work on that. We're going to work on that. Maybe, maybe tonight we'll start thinking about it a little bit more. Now that we have a date, we know when it's coming out. We have some more information to share about that raid. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, but before we do, we're going to finish up our chat with Nem and learn a little bit more about Nem. And with that, we do have a question from our community member and listener 21 from Twitch or Twitter. Excuse me. Thank you so much for your question. And he asks or she asks. What other D1 raid weapons would you like to see return, and how would you like them to return? For example, secret quests like Zero Hour or Dungeons, etc. Oh man, okay, so anybody who like knows me through and through already knows the answer to this, and... Adam, if you ever listen to, to this, I know, I know you're laughing right now because you know what's coming. Um, the weapon that I would bring back <laughs> would be the Necrochasm. Ooh, wow. So the, the Necrochasm was by far my, my baby in Destiny 1. Even though, like, it was 
extremely mediocre when it when it first came out and then it had its one week of like shining glory before Taken King came mm-hmm. out and then it became kind of meh again. <laughs> um I think Necrochasm is in terms of exotic design visually and audio one of the highlight weapons that I've ever used in, in the game. Um, because it starts off, it's an evolving weapon, you know, and it's, it thematically, it would be a little bit harder to bring it back because it was tied to Crota and Crota's soul. Um, but it, one of the aspects that I loved about it is that the weapon started as a white and as a random drop in the world. Husk um, of the pit. And it was, yeah, exactly. It was Husk of the pit. And, you know, the more Hive you killed with it, um, it eventually turned into the Eidolon ally, mm-hmm. which was a legendary. And after you leveled that version up and then you raided and if you got lucky, if you got the crux of Crota, it would fully evolve into the Necrochasm. And I think having that type of like evolutionary weapon design was pretty freaking fantastic. And. Oh man, that's that's that I miss that gun dearly. Um, I still go back and play Destiny One just to use that gun. But if there was some sort of way to bring that in and somehow tie that to like Savathun, um, and whenever we end up seeing her, I think I would honestly cry because it was it was it was my favorite weapon from from D One. You know who I miss as a character in the that- game? Eris Morn. Yes, <laughs> I really miss Eris. I really hope they bring her back. Yeah, yeah that'd be so I, awesome. I think actually, she will be coming back with the whole oh, I story so with Savathun yeah. and things like you know she's sped out there like fighting somewhere and everything you know it's or just planning. What if planning? She's out there planning. You know she's talking to the queen and everything too. So, what if she, she makes was, a return yeah. this fall? How awesome would that be? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, that'd be great. Absolutely. And actually, Luke Smith hinted at some parts from the Vault of Glass raid that not everything is lost in the corners of time. And it it really makes you wonder what that means and how that will guide us into the future of Destiny. Because he's probably not talking about a time a year from now. He's talking about a time that's in the not-too-distant future like say maybe this fall or maybe next month with the season of opulence. Like, like yeah. Goth said on stream or Bromance said on stream, they're rebuilding, they're rebuilding it, and I feel yeah. like that's what they're doing. They're in the background, they're rebuilding yeah. it, they're rebuilding the things that we loved and everything, and bringing it. I hope so, yeah. dude. Yeah, that would be amazing. I would totally buy into a season pass where we get to go back, even if not all parts of Destiny One, but even some of parts of Destiny One. It would be great to go back to those places like Venus into the Vault of Glass raid that's reimagined with upscaled graphics on PC and PS4 Pro. That would be so cool. Yeah, I I can't wait <laughs> to see whatever they they do. Um, you know which weapon I would uh, really like to see them bring back? What's that? The Vex Mythoclast. It was the original oh weapon that kind of started this whole craziness with raids. It was the original raid, the first exotic in the raid that dropped as yeah. a very special, very broken gun that had to be nerfed. 
in Bungie faction. It was a very special weapon, and I think that it would be so awesome and so nostalgic for the original players who have been playing since the very beginning for them to get that really cool little relic that we haven't seen in a really long time. So, okay, um, here's something interesting. Um, as you were talking about that, I brought up um, Luke Smith's Twitter. As um, one does. As one does. <laughs> it says he, he cleared his tweets. Oh. It says Luke Smith hasn't tweeted. And uh, he's gone dark. He's gone dark. <laughs> Actually, you can tell which Bungie employees go dark because their profiles change in a very, mm-hmm. I would say, strategic way from a marketing standpoint. Their banner, their header banner on Twitter kind of goes dark where it doesn't really display anything or like Luke Smith's picture isn't in the in the profile picture. Yes, yeah, his black spot. Yeah. And uh, his his bio reads fate maker and fate bringer. Hmm. This is different. Oh, he's that's, definitely... that's insane. So what is that? That's what does that tell you? <laughs> He's fate he's, maker and fate bringer. He's breaking fate the fourth bringer. wall here. Yeah, he's definitely hitting at yeah. something. Here. What's the fate bringer, guys? <clears throat> Do you yeah, guys those, remember the hand cannon from Vanilla Destiny? The inevitable on. at one one pull at a time, one one bolt, trigger pull at a time, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that, that was the flavor text on it. That's interesting. Wow. So you heard it here on the Destiny Show podcast. We have more information to share. Luke Smith's profile has been updated, and it has the word Fatebringer in it. And I'm sorry if that doesn't tell you that we're going into the Vault of Glass. I'm telling you, we're going to go into the Vault of Glass this fall, and it's so fucking exciting. I am so excited about this. It's not confirmed, I know, but I'm really, really hoping and hopefully think about it. What if Savathun controls uh, and brings is able to bring back the raid bosses from the past and she can resurrect them and she can make them all takenized and we go into this vault of glass but the Vex are all taken. How cool be would that for be? Sure. I definitely think that they could fit that in more with the infinite forest. And use that more towards if they were going to canonically bring some of that stuff back. Because the Infinite Forest, again, was I personally think it was massively underused. I agree. And with with the ability that we've seen it go into the past and into the future and stuff like that, they could probably twist that to like us to be able to go into the Infinite Forest and back into those raids. Yeah, no, I totally agree with through that. the Infinite Forest. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. Because know, the contrary, Vex simulated it, basically. Contrary to popular yeah. beliefs, I think one of the p- good things about the revelry to me was that infinite forest activity that we got to play. I actually enjoyed it, and I think that was... It wasn't like quite there yet, but it was the foundation for something very cool that adds replayability and a lot of fun into the game. If they added a lot more mm. loot to the pool and a lot more reason to keep grinding i think this activity could be a lot of fun oh my With god guys. minor changes you does know? this mean skull loss is coming back too 
<laughs> oh my god Skolas 2.0 <laughs> Oh, that man. would be pretty fun, actually. Yeah, I could definitely yeah. see them bringing back an expansion in the future as part of this season pass. Hopefully, we we only speculate. We don't know for sure. And I, and I yeah. think but, Opulence uh, is going to be the start of it, too, because what is Opulence? Secrets, right? It's going to be the season of secrets. So mm-hmm. they already kicked it off with the Outbreak Prime mission. That was a secret. Yeah. And that was before the season even hit. So what are we in store for next season? Like, it's a great oh point. Man, this is like a lead so up exciting. into it. And then that's going to lead yeah. into the fall, basically. Man, I'm so excited. And I can't wait to talk about the Outbreak Prime because, well, I'm sorry. Not the Outbreak Prime, the Outbreak Perfected. And it is yes, perfected. Sir. I'm telling you, mm. that thing is a freaking slayer in the Crucible. Oh, my God. Yeah. Is it really? I haven't oh taken my god, it's nasty. Yet. It is so and nasty. Like, before we dive into it, really good. let's ask Nem one last question as part of our interview or <laughs> discussion with the Guardians. So what's next for Nem? Oh man, um, honestly, currently my focus has been primarily on Planet Destiny. And helping uh, Moonvald with pretty much whatever is needed with the channel. Um, as far as what's next for me, I'm definitely trying to work my way to see if somehow I can get my foot in, in, in the door in the industry. Whether if it's by like testing means, uh, means or or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, currently just my focus is, has been, you know helping PD along the way. That's really cool. And you've been doing a really remarkable job. Thanks, man. To uh, gain a lot more respect for you than ever before uh, through certainly our chat tonight and learning more about you and seeing how passionate you are about Destiny and all of the awesome things that you're doing for Planet Destiny the best way I can describe it is hustle, man. You definitely have hustle, yeah. and I, <laughs> I fucking respect that about you, and I wish you nothing but the best in your journey, and I hope that you achieve everything that you hope to achieve in this game and this industry and this community. I and thank you so that, much man. for being yeah, with it us. it was double for me, man. Definitely. Dude, it's been super fun hanging out with you guys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So now that we're done with our little bro romance i like that our little romance <laughs> man that's great let's talk about the outbreak perfected surprise that we received just a few days ago just dropped it's pretty new it came out this tuesday with destiny 2 patch 2.2.2 that went live uh at reset this past tuesday and if you do want to complete this quest line, you'll want to travel to Titan near the rig and head south to the tidal co- anchor uh, where a secret door will exist. And in that same location, you'll see a heroic adventure called Bad Neighbors. And if you begin that mission, you will get to a place where there will be a door. And you will have the option to unlock that door if you completed the entire Destiny 2 story, and I learned about that because I was that dumbass who didn't complete that one quest. 
that required me to <laughs> get access to the mission because it said locked, right? Well, no, that's not what happened. The first time that we did this mission, my friends were, you know, GG. They did a good job playing through the entire game, but I missed one quest on Titan that prevented me from unlocking the door. And I didn't see that exotic uh, trinket or whatever that thing is called spawn for me. And I was wondering, okay, is something broken? Am I in the wrong spot? What's going on? So I started thinking, is there anything that I didn't complete in the game? Because I know I beat the whole story, but maybe there was one little quest that I didn't do because it just didn't give you any drops and I just focused on end game stuff and moved on when I was playing on my alt characters. So it uh I came to find out that I actually had a mission that I did not complete and it was called let me look that up. The enemy of my enemy, right? Enemy of my enemy, yes, thank you. So once you complete the enemy of my enemy, you will get a fallen transponder, which will be like this exotic looking thing. And if you click on it in your inventory, it will have six different nodes that you have to fill in with a, a circle in the middle. And for each one, you have to do different things to get that fallen transponder. We know that the fallen transponder is found in the room located through the door next to a monitor. And we mentioned that it contains six nodes. Um, you have to pretty much go to different locations, different um, lost sectors throughout the universe most of them are going to be on edz you have one in the drain the whispered falls the atrium uh the widow's walk and then you have two on nessus the carrier pit and the rift on nessus and once you collect all of the nodes in those lost sectors if you do want to find some guides on that i'm pretty sure planet destiny would more than likely have you covered correct uh yeah actually uh jarv is working on jarv. on that dude jarv yeah. he's such a good dude okay. yeah he's um he's one of our cre uh creators yeah he doesn't post too often on the planet destiny channel because he does his stuff as well but um when he brings it he brings it and i believe he's he's working on on that and the void configuration i think that Jarv is an awesome addition to your team, and he's a really great guy. We actually had him on the yeah. podcast not too long ago, I believe, yeah. a couple of episodes ago, and he was such an awesome guest. It was so awesome to learn about him, and he's such a passionate dude in this community, and he's just a really down-to-earth guy, and I, I think that he's just really, really cool. He actually reached a milestone pretty recently. He got 5,000 uh, people, I believe, subscribing to him on YouTube I recall correctly. Mm -hmm. So shout outs to him. He's really hardworking dude and uh he's a really awesome content creator. In fact, we're gonna include his info in the show notes in this episode. So if you do want to check out Jarv, go ahead and check him out. He's a really awesome content creator and he makes really great Destiny videos on his YouTube channel. And apparently he does great work for Planet Destiny behind the scenes, like stealth yeah. dropping a mission that we just didn't expect from Bungie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Good times. But yeah, so once you get those nodes, you have to go into a place called the farm. I know. 
stop the presses. We are going back to the farm. Finally, it's actually being used in the game. I'm actually really happy to see that social space getting used a little bit more because it became kind of a dead zone. You know, why would you go to the farm instead of the in tower? The European dead zone. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so once you go downstairs, you go through the open cellar and you go down the path where you will meet with Mithrax, the fallen captain. Yeah, we always saw and that room in the when we played back in uh, the beta when we were able to go on the farm for like extended period of times. We were like, we couldn't get down there. I was like, what the hell's down here? Like, is, is there ever going to come here or whatever? And you now they're finally using the space now. <laughs> so It's great to see them using the space, but guys, between me and you, does Mithrax not look like he's taking a dump? in the farm i mean look at him he either looks like he has a really bad stomach problem like like he's really in pain or he looks like he's taking a dump and i can't really figure out which one it is cannot unsee oh but you heard it here exclusive content (laughs) (laughs) so guys Seriously, bring a fire team that's dedicated to getting this thing done and bring somebody who does jumps better than Cornholio because Cornholio sucks at jumps. Shadow Price will vouch for that. But (laughs) you know what? I did get the gun. I am working on the heroic part, and it's fun. There is a cheese out there that some people are exploiting, uh, which we're not going to talk about that because we're not that kind of a show. We're more classy. Didn't they do some maintenance today? That they did. They did. They did. That? But I don't even um, know what the cheese is, so I guess it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. It's it's pretty much there's a way that someone can stop time, but I don't think that's a... It, it kind of ruins the experience if you think about it, because one person doesn't really get to experience the game at all, and two people have to carry all the weight and beat yeah. the entire game and i think that's kind of eh, you know i'd rather do it with my friends and even if i have to do it three or four times at least then i know that i actually got real enjoyment out of this mission and having to do this for three or four more weeks once you actually get the catalyst you have to unlock the catalyst by doing this three more times and you can't do it three times this in one week it's capped once per week so right like whisper exactly so this is going to be a a mission that we come back to in future weeks and my prediction guys i really think that it's going to be one of those things where next week you have to go a different path i think we're going to try to go the path that we're used to in heroic and it just won't work because i think this map is too damn big for them to not use more different areas to require for you to be challenged in in the puzzle and i think that's a brilliant way to add variety into this mission each week that's interesting and that's something bungie probably would do (laughs) again unconfirmed these are just cornholio's speculations but you know if they come out to be true you heard it here and i really hope (laughs) it would be true i'm i'm rooting for them you know what's you know what's interesting for that is that now that Outbreak Perfected is out there and the um, 
catalyst and the void configurations for the ship schematics is out there. We still have that fallen transponder? Yeah. In our inventory. That's a good point. Yeah. So that means there is more. And there's also this void activity that I'm hearing about. Yeah, so the like the, the void configuration thing? Yes, void configuration. Thank you. Yeah. So that's that takes place in the last section before you go into the, the, the boss um in, into the boss room. Um it requires you to pick up a little data pad uh where Eva Levante used to be actually, uh right in the beginning of the mission. And you have to find several key cards throughout the throughout the mission and once you get to that cryptarch's vault there's a pretty pretty intricate puzzle in there that honestly raid secrets in math class i don't know how y'all do it but it it breaks my brain trying to figure out just how i mean the fact that there's a website to facilitate the process of of completing this puzzle is insane wow did they complete it they figured it out so yes so once you <laughs> once you figure out how to do it uh, i actually did it today with um the black link and pyro gaming um and it was rough like it takes some time there there's a there's a website that you can you can go to um and i, ha I have it bookmarked here because you're going to need to do this three times for the next three weeks mm. um it's ensemblefc.com slash cryptarchlocks.php. And I'm telling you, man, like I recommend looking it up because it's going to take a long time for me to explain it. But it's by far one of the most intricate puzzles that they've introduced into uh, into Destiny. I'd say, honestly, it's pretty up there with like Niobe Labs. Dude, very cool. Very cool. If you don't mind sending that link to me, I will share that in the show notes when I put post them up oh sure thing so we'll have yeah. that to share with our audience if you do want to check that out and oh man what a mission you have 20 minutes essentially to complete this mission filled with puzzles and different secrets and this raid like environment it, it might as well be a raid honestly uh, well just a mini raid with like one fight right yeah I think that it was done so well. The environment is definitely so well put together and there's so many different elements to it. it sometimes it feels like you're a character in Metal Gear Solid, right, Shadow? Oh, sure, yeah. I think that, that was part of the inspiration, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, that's so badass. Because so of the, the key fun. cards, very, right? The key cards, like getting the three I'm different very, key cards. Yeah, so the yeah. the key cards is definitely something that is pretty much directly from Metal Gear Solid, but sneaking through the vents yeah. is a pretty. And Metal I did Gear mention Solid. that. Did I did mention that, didn't I, Corn, and everything when we yep. were sneaking yep. through the the ventilation shafts? Yeah. And everything. Yeah, I I think one of the artists on Twitter was talking about how they they were a. Uh, they took a lot of inspiration from Shadow Moses. Oh my god, that's my that's favorite awesome. game of all time. Is, is Metal Gear Solid? I'm a, dude, right there with you, man. I I oh my love god. Metal Gear. Like, I've I met Hideo Kojima oh, um, in 2011, and it was like a dream come true. That's amazing. I, it, ever since I was like 
eight years old, I've been playing Metal Gear. Wow. Wow. That's, that's awesome. That's amazing. That's pretty dope. Yeah, dude. Yeah. We had cool. um, we had uh, Rami on here uh, a few weeks back. And, um, you know, he's a game developer for uh, Flam Beer Studios. Mm-hmm. And, amazing uh, guy. Yeah. Metal Gear. So much respect solid. for him. It's his favorite game, too. So it's like, yeah, there's a deep, deep love for Metal Gear. Like, I feel like oh, yeah. in, you know, the Destiny community. And yeah, and especially some of the developers too at Bungie, like, yeah, the key cards that immediately made me think of Metal Gear too as well. Mm-hmm. You know, when you have to get the yeah. key cards, you know, when you have to unlock the certain doors and then later, uh, you know, spoilers for Metal Gear Solid from 21 years ago, but you have to like get the key and then you got to freeze it and then you got to, you know, make sure it gets really hot in the boiler room type thing. And then yeah. the twist happens and it's like, oh man, Metal Gear Solid. I love it was so reminiscent of Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. Totally. Throughout like half the mission I would say was very reminiscent of Metal Gear. Like the first half, totally. If not more. And then it felt very Siva like. That's all I'm gonna say. I want you guys to go ahead and play it and experience it for yourself. And if you don't have people to play with, hit us up. Hit us up on Twitter. Like seriously, if you guys play on PC, I will totally help you out if you guys need help with the mission. It's totally fun, totally worth it. And um, I think everybody should experience it. It's that good. And that's really good. We know a few more things about this mission. We know that you want to bring a character that's, I would say, at least 680 because it will be pretty brutal and pretty difficult. I think the enemies have super shields where it's going to take extra bullets in it's order like to penetrate ex- the shields. It's like intrinsic match game. Yeah. So it's yeah. going to be a pretty difficult. For the normal version, definitely make sure you're at least 680. If not, I would say 690 is the recommended light level. So Do they have if modifiers you... on the heroic one? Sinja's. Yeah. Oh, okay. So that's why, like, this week, it's called the Void Configuration. Ah. And next week, it's probably going to be, like, either Solar Configuration, and then the following is going to be Arc. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And this gives you additional progress on your Catalyst, by the way. So it'll give you, it'll update your catalyst. Like if if you run just the heroic without doing the puzzle, you'll get 20% completed on your catalyst. But if you do the void configuration, it'll give you 33% completed. And it's safe to assume that there will be jumps and lots of them. So make sure you bring your stompies if you have a hunter. (laughs) Still not as good as Bonzeo. All right. Still not as good. You have no I directional movement like with those stompies. Like you're literally like blasting off like a cannon. You can't like pull back. And everything. You know what? Yeah. That's why if you play the mission on heroic, for the part where you're going across those ledges on the outside, maybe consider taking the stompies off. Because for me personally, doing that jump part, it helped to take them off because I had more control over my character. Whereas I was kind of over jumping with the stompies. Mm-hmm. So I can see that something that I had noticed playing as a hunter main myself uh, going through the mission. 
I don't know, man. As a as a warlock main, I was just able to fly through all of that. <laughs> yeah, I will have to play give give the warlock a little <laughs> bit more love than I have. I will admit I have been playing a little bit less, um, having more podcasting duties. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely want to make sure to try to give my alt characters some more love, and I will be grinding out my third character to, to 700 this week and next week hopefully i'll be able to get the character leveled up fully so i'll be fully ready for the next raid that we are going to talk about here on the show you know in our next segment i want to bring something up really quick again while we have them and we're talking about you know the metal gear thing reference um remember in the bit of forsaken like dlc when they introduced the barons and they were all on the cards, mm-hmm. the playing cards and deck. Yeah. And the way they introduced them, the way the description was, that was a very Metal Gear thing there too, wasn't it? The way they described those villains. Yes. Yeah, um with like especially with the um like the beauties and the uh the beauties in, in Metal Gear Solid Four. Yeah. Where um the bosses in Metal Gear Solid Three. Yeah. Like when yeah, the absolutely. Colonel introduced them in Metal Gear Solid One, he's like Vulcan Raven, giant and shaming. No, like you know, to describe them. Yeah. You know, and everything like that. You know, so I thought that, that was a callback right there. That was a that yeah, was a nod. Sure. <laughs> Definitely. And guys, now that we played through the zero hour mission, what was your favorite thing about it? Without giving too many spoilers to our listeners, Just going through that space again. Like I loved going through that space, like the where we spent so much of our time before yeah going through the old tower yeah that was so special even being on those ledges on the outside and looking to the side it almost made me feel like that timer was kind of gone so i can just go and explore and just check out the entire environment without having to feel rushed to try to do anything i just want to just take a minute to look around and and see what's out there and and the world design again they did such an amazing job with this that i think they outdone themselves above what the whisper mission did despite how remarkable that was i think Mm -hmm. this is on a whole new level of awesome yeah because we have instant nostalgia for this like you know it's like when you see it again the tower and everything and you see those spaces and you know how it opens up into a lot of those different areas that you've never been to before in the tower especially in the heroic version like you get to jump along the wall and everything you know so it's like yeah it's it's really cool it's it's awesome and i feel like this is all foreshadowing encounters and things like that are going to we're going to be facing in the future again with you know them rebuilding all like these some of these spaces and everything so yeah, absolutely. I think that this is definitely going to affect the future storyline in the game. I think that Siva now can become almost kind of a sure thing that is going to be there in the game beyond this piece of content. I think that maybe it's not going to be a big part of opulence. Maybe it will. I don't know. Maybe it will have a bigger significance in the game this fall. And we also know that Aldrin, Aldrin is coming back. We don't know in mm-hmm. what capacity. We would assume he's going to be the next Hunter Vanguard, but we don't really know when that's happening. We know it's going to happen sometime 
in the not too distant future. In fact, the voice actor Brendan O'Neill has been tweeting things out relating to that character, which would lead me to believe that there will be some kind of a reprise as soon as next month. So that's pretty interesting. Now, Nem, what would you say is the coolest thing for you about this new mission with Zero Hour? Oh my god. Okay, um, I'm a sucker for platforming. And this brings it. <laughs> this really, really brings out the platforming aspect of it. Um, if you're somebody that has vertigo, I believe in you. <laughs> and <laughs> um, but I think one of aside from the platforming, one of the, the things that I absolutely love about this too is just the music. The music in this activity is so good. So so good. When when the first moment that you hit on the outside portion and those like strings start to come in. Oh my God, dude, like the audio team at Bungie is just phenomenal. Yeah. They always yeah. kill it. Like always, you know, you, absolutely. You yeah. I sense. think the, the audio team is so incredible. The team that creates their soundtrack. Oh man. They never miss a beat on that. It's always so freaking awesome whenever they come out with a new soundtrack i always support them and buy it because it's so yeah. freaking good and i listen to it all the time while i'm working on whatever project i would always listen to destiny music except for auditing the podcast that's when i kind of have to focus on the audio i'm listening to but every other moment i try to listen to destiny music and i think they do such an incredible job of it so if really you could cool. pick a song from all of the soundtracks, what's your favorite one? Uh, Untold Legends. That was fast. This man was ready. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that, that's, that's actually our theme song. Dude, for that's our, our theme song, and yeah. oh man, it's so good. There was actually a cover musician who did a really, really sick rock cover. I'll share it with you. He was a guest mm -hmm. on our podcast uh, last month. I don't remember when. It feels like a blur. But uh, he was on the show with us, and he's such an incredible dude, so talented, and he actually did a really, really cool cover for Untold Legends. Very good song. It reminds me of Destiny 1 Vanilla. That's why I love it so much. It has that really okay. special feel, like the feel when you beat the game. Yeah. And it's this very heroic song that's just so special and so fitting to what Destiny represents as a game so i really love that one that's definitely in my top uh it's my favorite one it's my number one i would say number two would probably have to be the sepix perfected song i really love that song yeah the song during and the and the one in the nexus mission too what is that one called that's mine that's the vex that's just the vex called, yes the vex. the vex yep yep so those <laughs> nice. are the top three for me i'm, I'm the weird i one. love so i love all of them i think they're all great and i listen to the music all the time and i'm done with my rant <laughs> that's awesome yeah. for me um regicide has got to be that's really good too my absolute like just chills down my spine every time i hear those horns come in just oh it's so good um that's probably my number one 
Um, my number two would be the Dark Blade music. Yes, the from Dark Blade. The Sunless Cell. Yes. Yeah. That music um, was so perfect I'm, for that mission too. Exactly, and I'm so glad they reprised that soundtrack for the uh, the Twin Knights in um, the Reckoning. Oh yeah, yeah, um, they did. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, that's so that's cool. It. I know what I'm playing um, tonight. Which is appropriate because it's literally it's a la cool. A la cool, um, dude. We're totally playing that tonight. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> and my third favorite one is kind of that almost techno-y industrial um song that they have for the hive whenever you're on titan i'm not i don't i'm not i don't you think really that song love was the on hive soundtrack. music don't you <laughs> it's on brand dude i gotta stay on brand <laughs> that's awesome um which again pino if you're listening to this i know you're laughing and i'm expecting an edge gif whenever you hear it i i got i got an honorable mention for one of them um it's the uh i think it's called the dust giants song on d1 with mm-hmm. the cabal and it's go it's oh, it's just okay. yeah. dit, 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 dit. it's just so epic like when yeah. all the instruments come in and it's just like oh man it's so good do you know what that reminds me of do you remember farming for glimmer in, <laughs> on the exclusion zone on the exclusion zone, yeah, yeah, I remember that. When we were trying to get, like, Glimmer for our, all the weapons for Iron Banner back in Vanilla Destiny. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> that, like, everybody just turned into Megatron for, like, a solid, like... That's awesome. <laughs> and you know what? The recording bot just left, and I'm I'm so proud of myself that I'm catching him, because... There was this one time when he left, and dude, we lost like an hour and a half of recording. Oh, I felt so no, shitty about dear. it. And I, I learned my lesson. Dude, Pope Bear actually gave me some awesome advice, and I'm so appreciative uh-huh. to him. Because him and the guy that edits their podcast, Nick, they both gave me incredible advice that helped me to make sure that this never happens again. I have double backups right now. Once we go onto Twitch, we will have triple backups of all of our content. So that way this never happens again. So we're prepared. Yeah. And I'm I'm pretty grateful. Again, this goes back to how awesome this community is because like when shit goes wrong, you have people who are there to like help you yeah. out and they don't treat you like you're some piece of shit. Absolutely. Which I love that about this community. You better be Sir Deej. <laughs> I love Sir Deej. He's a great guy. He's a great contribution to our team. Nice. He's all I could afford. I, I don't I can't afford shit right now. So <laughs> But it's okay. We we still have fun. So where were we before we were rudely interrupted by Sir Deej and Sir yeah, Discord? <laughs> uh last thing we Good times. I heard um we were talking about the dust job. Yeah, you were talking about the music, yeah. Yes. We were talking about the music in on the exclusion zone, farming for that glimmer, and I farmed. Let me tell you, I spent hours farming the exclusion zone in Destiny 1 to get those items I wanted from Iron Banner so I can afford those expensive weapons that were offered. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Those were some really awesome memories. Those were special times for me when it comes to iron banner oh, much so, more special oh, than now and i really hope that 
they bring back at least some of what made Iron Banner special in Destiny 1 between the awesome weapons like Nurban's Mercy and so many others that I can just spend all day talking about, but this is not the topic for this episode, so <laughs> I shouldn't uh, go Iron off topic Banner too much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, make Iron Banner great again. Make Destiny great again. No, it's it's already great, and I love Destiny, and I appreciate the hard work, and I'm so excited to play the new raid that's coming out on June 4th. Hint, hint. So we will be getting so much more content so soon and in the meantime get that bread we have so much cool stuff to chase after we have a new weapon with outbreak perfected we also have catalyst that we'll be chasing after for the next three weeks at least so there's going to be a lot to get in the game and from my understanding there was some stuff that was uncovered through data mining that we found out that will be coming to future content in Destiny before the new season of Opulence. Yeah, so that should be pretty interesting as well. Number of weapons. Now, mm-hmm. how do you guys think that the Outbreak Perfected, now that it's out in all of its glory and all of its lethality, how will it affect the sandbox, especially in PvP? Oh, it's 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 beastly. I love it already. I went, I played like three matches of it last night, and I was like top of the leaderboard in two of them. So it's it's great. It's it's, it's an awesome contribution uh, to to the sandbox again, and hopefully it stays that way. It doesn't get nerfed. Yeah, I I don't know, man. I feel I I hope that it doesn't get nerfed. Um, just because. I feel like there's other things that could be brought up to its to its um level. Uh, I, again, I haven't totally used it in, in PvP yet. Um, but not gonna lie, dude, I've been using scout rifles to invade in Gambit like crazy lately. Like I actually masterworked yeah. my Jade Rabbit in Gambit. Very yeah, cool. like it's been so good. I think, and the the highest kill guardians killed that I got in a gambit match has been forty. Have you checked out the oxygen SR three? I have, and I'm not a fan, dude. I was not a fan of it until I took it into this new mm-hmm. mission. It was really good against those solar shields. Really, really good, surprisingly. And it was also good because it felt like you got enough bullets to actually deal damage and clear out the room. And it felt pretty useful against those vandals in the far distance that are sniping at you and taking them out pretty quickly. Because especially with a mission like that, at least for the first parts before the boss, because at the boss fight, you might want to adjust things. At that point, I think a shotgun might make a little bit more sense, and you definitely maybe want something like a 1K, which uh, I recently got. Congrats. So grateful. So grateful. It took me like 45 runs to get it, and it, it took a while. But I'm happy that I finally got it, and... I'm loving it. It's it's being really useful in Endgame. Yeah. But dude, let me tell you, I played uh, Scourge of the Past raids today, three of them. 
we melted the boss with uh this new outbreak perfected mm. dude one phase i kid you not oh my god i it one phase it melted him we tried it against riven and it took down about 65 percent damage 70 percent damage but honestly i feel like it was a lfg group if i actually had a coordinated group where people had the right things equipped mm -hmm. we could probably have gotten that done oh, you can pretty get easily her. um i was watching holtzman yesterday uh raid with dado and they they killed Riven with just outbreak uh perfected don't compare me to dado he's, <laughs> he's too good I, I don't want i don't want that pressure you got this i believe in you <laughs> no i don't want it <laughs> i'm just trying to make a podcast <laughs> Yeah, you know, he, he only solved the original, like, you know, that. Prime Yeah, thing. actually, shout-outs to our girl and lore expert, Dark Angel. She's, her team solved the puzzle for that uh, Void puzzle. Oh, really? That Void puzzle thing. Yeah, she was the first one, because she actually sent me a message on Discord that she beat Glad to solving it with her team so that was That's pretty cool awesome. so shout outs to her on that and congrats so so cool we'll have to bring her back on the show and actually do a lore episode sometime soon i want to do lore episodes once once a month but it's kind of challenging getting guests to align every single month to do lore episodes and also we do want to cover things like e3 that's coming up because we're gaming nerds and why the hell not? Yeah. That would be really fun. So that's coming soon with uh, CJ Gibson from IGN. Oh, so very cool. You heard it here. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But that's coming next month in June. But we're here. We're talking about Outbreak Prime. And let's continue the conversation before we dive into the exciting news that we got today. And by today, I mean like not even four hours ago today like literally right before the podcast started we learned about the upcoming raid that we will share with you all in the next segment but before we do let's wrap things up with the outbreak prime conversation do you guys think that the outbreak perfected needs to get nerfed for pvp or pve no no it's fine it's fine exactly fine the way it is it's perfect no it's an exotic okay. weapon, man. Perfect. It's got to feel powerful. It's got to feel exotic. I, I and boy, does it feel yeah. good! Oh man, <laughs> it shreds. It shreds through everything that, from bosses. That gun is a freaking laser. It does not move. Yeah. And you're not limited on ammo either. It doesn't feel like you only have seven bullets to do massive amount of damage. I mean, this is a pulse rifle. In the form of a boss killing machine that's the best way i can describe it so is it worth the grind hell yes Absolutely. it is and do it get it done if you need help shoot me a message on twitter at i am cornholio no not i am cornholio that's my twitch omg cornholio on twitter hit me up if you need help and i will be happy to help you out when i am free uh, on pc because that's where i primarily play although i do have destiny 2 and forsaken for ps4 but i come to learn that having more than three characters is extremely 
extremely difficult. So TBD on my <laughs> PS4 account. Uh, I'll I'll get to a certain point there, but no promises. Uh, but do you guys think that Bungie was successful in bringing the players back to Destiny this week with this new mission that we are getting a chance to play and the new exotic that we got with the Outbreak Perfected? Some people, yeah. You know, people who definitely have an affinity, affinity for the weapon and what it was like in D1 and everything. Like, I think all those people definitely came I think back. It, I don't know. I think it definitely what? reignites some of the fire that people might have been losing over time. Um, just particularly in this season, it's it's a Gambit, you know, themed season and not a whole lot of people are too crazy about that. So this gives something for people to chase. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's such a fun mission. It's such a versatile mission. And I feel like there are more secrets for us to explore and more things for us to chase in that environment. I don't think it's something they created just for that one mission. And that's it. I think that we're going to have to do stuff for the catalyst. I think that they're going to switch things up and make it a little bit interesting with future um, transfigurations, right? Configurations. Uh, whatever they call it. And I think that we're going to get a lot more with, with this storyline going into the future content, whether it be Season of Opulence or this fall or maybe going into Destiny 3. Who knows? For sure. Yeah. Now, do you guys think that the Outbreak Prime is, or the Outbreak Perfected is too powerful? No, I don't think so. I don't yeah no i agree no i think that it's perfect the way it is it feels special it feels different and it feels like a gun that is worth chasing after uh more so than many others i feel like and it's very special it feels like an exotic weapon i think you really nailed it when you mentioned that it feels special it feels exotic it feels powerful and i think it should stay that way for sure now you guys know that we have some ornaments that came with this exotic. Oh, yes. So, which ornament did you or will you be picking up? The pandemic, the clean looking one, or the patient zero, the messy silver looking one? I don't know yet. I'll have to take a look at them. I just got the weapon last night, so I haven't had a chance to look at the ornaments yet for them yeah so I, that's my I already answer. got one <laughs> I got the patient zero awesome. patient zero is pretty pretty awesome. great uh, has awesome animations on the body when you shoot it yeah I've been looking at that one that one looks really really cool because I do like that traditional look but I feel like I get that traditional look from the red and the black that's kind of a stock yeah. default so I think that the, the one that you picked up definitely stands out more and is more different than the the other one. But yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to be picking up the one that you got as well. Yeah, it's really good. The Patient Zero. You did a really yeah. good job with that. Yeah, and it's a great way to support the devs, and I know that some people are going to hate on microtransactions, but honestly, you know what you're getting with this drop, 
it's 700 silver you got to remember that when forsaken came out they actually gave out quite an abundance of silver just as a form of goodwill for you mm-hmm. buying the content yeah. so it's a great way to support them and the incredible mission that we got and i'm sure that it took a considerable amount of staff and time to bring this to us guardians so yeah so with that let's move on to this week's bungie weekly update absolutely and boy do we have some stuff to talk about this week unlike last week it was a little bit uneventful we were a little bit harsh last week Last week's episode got one spicy tuna roll from me because I felt like that was the minimum I could do. Shadow gave it a .5. He was like really down in the (laughs) ground with this update. But this one, on the other hand, will not be the same because, wow, we got a really incredible mission this week. And not only that, but but first, uh, Bungie gave us a reminder that the zero hour mission is here and you will get a chance to learn more about a guy by the name of trevor you'll learn more about him as you play through the mission we won't spoil anything for you about that but beyond this other mission, than he's fucking terrifying he's a nice guy <laughs> i kind of like him i've come to appreciate him and what he does but you'll learn more about him as you play through the game But we also learned a lot more about something else called Season of Opulence. And boy, was this a really good one this week. Because it begins with stating the following. Starting June 4th, 2019, Season of Opulence kicks off for all players of Destiny 2. Many of you are familiar with how raids can launch with new content usually on a friday at reset this season we're doing something a little different boy were they right about that owners of the annual pass will be challenged to conquer a new raid on day one here's some context on the new plan and changes to the upcoming power climb and this is from the dev team The world's first race for a raid is a competitive event. The raid is a challenge geared toward testing a fire team's ability to learn and execute on on the mechanics as well as their abilities to overcome enemies and bosses together. Having a short window of time between release and launch allows us to preserve the con the combat challenge for players making their attempt on day one and get people playing the raid content right away and if we know the name of this raid it is called the crown of sorrow that's an interesting name dude wow that is big yeah now it's going it really that makes coming. you wonder so many different things about this raid. Like, could this have any context to the Weapon of Sorrows? And, I mean, we know that the Sorrow kind of hints at the darkness. It talks about the dark side. 
So and the fact that it's taking place, or at least we think it's taking place on the Leviathan, it's yeah. I don't know, dude. I'm 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 kind of stumped. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to think. <laughs> I saw that name and I'm like, okay, that's an interesting name because we definitely sorrow has always been attributed to the weapons of sorrow, but yeah. on the Leviathan, you know, you know, as soon as me and Shadow Price had this conversation about this update he was reading the update as we were talking on the phone prepping for the show i kind of had a slight epiphany what if the leviathan gets turned upside down into a nightmare into a place of sorrow a place of darkness imagine the shattered throne but Hmm. in the on the leviathan where it's complete darkness and Everything around you has been taken. That'd be interesting. All of the Cabal have been taken. Callus has been taken. And he becomes your enemy for real. He's no longer playing with you. This is no longer a game. It's an activity with real boss fights. And using the places they have in the game, but using them in a very special way, because we know the Leviathan is a really big place. Yeah. And... Going back to the Leviathan now, it doesn't seem like a bad idea. In fact, hey, the Leviathan is Shadow Price's favorite raid. Isn't that right, Shadow Price? Don't believe the hype. <laughs> Don't believe the hype. <laughs> we're going to make you love that raid. Mm-hmm. Even if it means Although this I, June, uh, we're going to make you love it. I, I am down for the possibility, though, of what it, it potentially is. You know, like... It sounds like it's going to be interesting how they're going to change the space, how the space is going to evolve and everything. So. Yeah, it sounds absolutely insane. And we know that the raid will be officially launching on June 4th, 2019 at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That means that's 7 p.m. on the Eastern Time Zone. If you're like me and Shadow Price, holy cow, yeah. that's big. We have a time, we have a date. Prime time. Now, here's the other really interesting thing, guys. Recommended power for the first encounter, 715. Mm -hmm. So, to me, that says that for the first encounter, that means just base minimum to get in, you have to be 715. But once you beat that first activity, you're stuck. Because I think the next boss fight will be 725. I'm calling yeah, it. It'll ramp up At for sure. At least 720, maybe 725. Yeah. Hmm. I think, and this is just my prediction, I think this raid will be probably the most difficult one to complete. They're not going to disappoint with this raid. I think it's going to take the Leviathan and it's going to turn it upside down it's gonna turn it into a terrifying nightmare and an event like no other it's gonna really show us what the team can do with the leviathan map and it's gonna really celebrate that map and give year two of destiny 2 a celebratory hurrah as we move into this fall with new content with a destiny that is no longer tied in with Activision. So that will be a thing. And we learn some more interesting information about this new raid. And I quote from this weekly update. With this race, there will be a few minor changes to current investment systems to sh- ensure an even playing field 
while players are increasing their power at the launch of the season. Number 1. Last Wish and Scourge of the Past will be unavailable until Crown of Sorrow has been beaten. This means that players are prevented from playing the activity to gain any kind of advantage from playing the Last Wish raid in order to use up their ethereal keys that they have been hoarding because we know you're doing it. We know that you've been keeping them and saving them despite that you can get a maximum of five on your character. There are ways that we know that some people are gaining an advantage, so they think. So this will be a very interesting element for them to introduce. This has never been done before. No, it, it yeah. hasn't. In, in a way, There's... it kind of reminds me, though, of um, kind of like the Crota's End days, where it's like you you had the, the essentials to power up, and then into the raid you go. Yeah, I think I brought that up earlier on the uh, before we uh, went on yeah. doing the podcast. That Crota's End was the, like the one, the only main raid I believe that was day one and everything. So there you so. go. The, the Last Wish and the Scourge of the Past raids will be unavailable during that week that Crown of Sorrows is taking place, and I would imagine they would extend it beyond because if it takes longer for it to be beaten. I'm assuming that's not going to happen. We have some really talented people in this community who will beat it and will crush it like Glad. Shout out, shout outs to Glad. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be really exciting to see what happens when this new raid launches. And we also know another really interesting thing with Prime Attunements, they will be reset to having two charges per character on any one given day. So... While characters build Prime Attunement, uh, ch it charges over time. There are being, uh, they're only being set to two per character upon logging into Destiny once the new season begins. We also know that all characters who are level 50 will have access to Prime Engrams once they sign in to play during Season of Opulence. And finally, players may continue to build Prime Attunement over time after the reset as time increases. So I would imagine that they're probably going to increase and ramp up the amount of Prime Engrams that you get as the season progresses because they will want more people to catch up in the game. And I think, in a way, I think it's kind of like an artificial way for Bungie to control people's light level if you think about it. Because right now, if they're not offering them in such a high amount, less people are going to be leveled up more. Because I think Prime Engrams are a really big reason why we level up beyond the little bumps that are just not working on their own. Which, in my opinion, that's probably the reason why we got Prime Engrams to begin with. Yeah. I got a good question. Um, so... When is the reset going to actually occur? Are we only going to have, if you're on the East Coast, are you only going to have six hours to level before you have, like, before you can go into the raid? 
before you were allowed to I'm go I'm assuming the so because typically this stuff goes live at uh, 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific. So Pacific, you'll yeah. have mm -hmm. from 10 to 4 yeah, Six hours. to get your power up there as mm -hmm. much as you can. Well, you got to also remember that you're you're getting the same amount of less time on all platforms whether you're on the east coast west coast you know you might have a later start time like us on the east coast so the time might be less convenient yeah. but it's still giving us an equal amount of time from the time that the game launches i believe i don't think any countries would get any kind of Europe's not happy. Why? People in oh, Europe, because it's, it's going to be midnight. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's midnight. And there are so many yeah. content creators on the on the uh, in Europe who are playing Destiny. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they handle yeah. this reaction because it's not fair to exclude people. So I really hope there's a some kind of a balance that would cater to, if not all players, at least most of them. So it yeah this is all really interesting stuff that we learned today. And beyond this news, we also have some smaller news in this weekly update relating to Iron Banner. And uh before we dive into Iron Banner, I do want to mention that Bungie did note that more information will become available in June on what is changing in the Destiny 2 experience in June. So that leads me to believe that this statement is preparing the Guardians for something bigger in terms of changes coming to the Bungie's Destiny universe. So that will be pretty interesting to see what happens with yeah. that. Now, relating to Iron Banner, there's not a whole lot news here. We do know that Iron Banner will be coming... Uh, May 14th, 2019, and it will be happening all all until May 21st. We know that the Iron Ruby Shader issue has been fixed, and if you dismantle a current reward that you already have in your inventory, or if you dismantle an Iron Banner reward that you acquired during this upcoming week, you will get the reward that glitched out which is the iron ruby shader uh, we also know that criminal's dagger and swarm of the raven will be coming back as rewards this week so if you didn't get a chance to acquire these weapons or if you did not complete the uh triumphs that you have missing or you're missing any of the armor from iron banner for this season this will be your last chance to acquire it I don't think there's a whole lot to really talk about when it comes to Iron Banner. I think we all can agree that it's been kind of lackluster and it needs a lot more rework and tuning for it to be a viable activity in the game. Um, I mean, it's, 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 it's one of those things that's hard to balance because how do you balance Iron Banner as an endgame activity when most people that are going to be in there are probably already going to be either at max um so what do they get out of it versus the players that are using the iron burden that are trying to um not the iron burden the wolf's favor um 
to like how do you how do you reward you know or how do you split that divide in, in that reward i think that's a really great question and it's something that we've been really going back and forth about as a community to try to figure out how to make iron banner more interesting and more relevant yeah. right because i think if you compare iron banner to destiny one it's really not the same and i think that especially with this season of iron banner you could see them trying new things more so than they have been in the past with iron banner yeah and i think that's great that they're trying new things but i think that in some ways they just have to look at the past and take the lessons that they learned that worked so well in Iron Banner before. Because I think there was a time when Iron Banner was really great. I think that we had a time with when Iron Banner was more exciting. Like when we had rerolls with uh, the yeah. Iron Banner weapons that you can do with currency in the game. And you had those special weapons like Nervin's Mercy. And I'm sure you guys have a favorite iron banner weapon from d1 that you would love to see them bring back and i think that's the one thing that's missing a bigger loot pool of stuff that's really cool and really relevant and really special that made iron banner worth playing yeah you know and i think i'm sorry go ahead no go ahead i was just gonna say i don't i like iron banner as it stands right now as the activity as you know going into the crucible has never been more thematically in tune with iron banner as opposed to in destiny one it was just going into regular crucible even though it was just labeled iron banner but now we have saladin properly announcing the matches and we have iron banner medals and the control points are you know little pits of fire um so thematically iron banner has never been more iron banner than it is now but I think, at least for me as a player, the armor set is what probably feels the most disconnected and the weapons that feel as more disconnected to Iron Banner as it previously has. I don't know about you guys, yeah. but I haven't really been crazy about this, like, samurai aesthetic that they've kind of gone with for the Iron Banner. I definitely miss the more knight and armored kind of armor sets from from the older iron banners and what we have now. i totally agree with that yeah i think the iron yeah, banner yeah. armor in destiny one was by far the best and i can't imagine it being so difficult for them to introduce it into d2 and i think that just these small changes without having to really reinvent the wheel just go back to the past and think about what makes what made iron banner really cool and really special and really worth playing yeah. bring those things back and i think yeah what happened to lady Ephraim? great what happened great to, point what happened on the lore because yeah. i think there's awesome lore with iron banner and i think that the writing team at bungie they're crushing it right now they're doing such an amazing job especially with season of the drifter and all the content that we're getting this season yeah. they're doing such an awesome job you can't fault them at all they're doing amazing work there Dude, at bungie you know like and I, bringing bring or making like a crucible mode like i don't know akin to almost like capture the flag meets rift with the iron axes from destiny one would be fucking amazing oh yeah yeah i i would love that yeah i love i love capture the flag modes because it just yeah. takes me back to my yeah. hero days oh, absolutely actually so. 
believe it or not, Halo Reach got me into playing multiplayer online. That was the first game that I really dived in, and I loved the online multiplayer so much. I think the progression was so cool. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys ever played Halo Reach, but there's a flaming skull. Well, mm-hmm. I know Shadow Price has because I was there at the release with him. We both went to Walmart and picked up a copy on release day, and we played the game together. He actually introduced me to Halo Reach, oh. and I convinced him to go back and to play Destiny and to give Destiny a chance. And ever since we played the beta, we kind of got hooked on it, and we never looked back. I mean, we're 7,000-plus hours in playing this game. Obviously, it's a game that we consider very much our hobby and something we're, we're very passionate about. Yeah. And my goodness, Bungie is crushing it this time around. And before we wrap things up for the evening, I do want to ask, what do you guys think of this controversial thing with um, the Crown of Sorrows uh, raid? I think that there's going to be a whole lot of conversation happening about this change of them completely disabling the Last Wish raid and the Scourge of the Past raid in order to prevent abuse from players who have been collecting on ethereal keys. Bungie's thrown down the gauntlet. They're telling everybody, look, this is how it's going to happen. Everybody's going to be on an even playing field. You have between now and the start of the season opulence to level up, to get to 700. And then what you get from that little point on between when the raid drops is what you you will be going in with with your team if you sh- choose yeah, to do I so. I think it's very, very fair game. And it's a solid middle ground for a lot of the community, uh, uh, you know, except for maybe the people in the UK, but because <laughs> it's like in the middle of the night for them, but right. Um, having it at 4 p- mm-hmm. uh, PM and that'll equate to seven o'clock EST. I think that's a pretty good, you know, chunk of time. Um, and June 4th, um, it's on a Tuesday. So I'm sure there's going to be people calling out of Prepare work for a long day. <laughs> for the next, yeah, Prepare dude. for a long day of grinding. Get- so, <laughs> I'm, Make sure you get a good night's sleep the night before. I'm calling it. I'm, I'm going to say that this is probably going to be the most challenging raid. And this is going off of the experience of Bungie coming out with really challenging content like the Niobe Labs Impossible Puzzle. And now we're getting this really cool mission. I think that the strategy going forward is not to cater to the casuals. Yeah. It's really to cater to the hardcore and I think that's the bungee that we're going to see going into Season of Opulence and into the future. And that is what I'm so freaking excited about. And I cannot wait to play on June 4th and beyond. Oh, same. Which it kind of goes without needing to say, but Season of Opulence kicks in June 4th. Yes, June 4th. Yes. Season of Opulence begins. So mark your calendars. Get ready. We're going to be grinding again. Destiny season is upon us this June. So much awesome stuff to look forward to. We have E3 coming up just a few weeks later, and I'm sure Bungie will be present, and they will have something to show off. And logically, I think it's going to be what's next, what's coming after Season of Opulence. We're going to get a look into that. We're going to talk all about that and... Nem, thank you so much for being with us. And before we let you go, we do have a tradition on the podcast to 
rate this week's update in the form of spicy tuna rolls mm. and in traditional form i'm gonna have shadow price kick things off how many spicy tuna rolls does this week's bungee weekly update get for tonight i think they hit the mark here they set the tone they threw down the gauntlet just like i said um this was a, a superior upgrade from last week's like that last week's was you know the bottom of the barrel like tuna I, uh, spicy tuna, like 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 uh, groceries, no convenience store, spicy tuna, <laughs> like you would find it like a convenience store. This this was freaking like, like like I don't know, like superior tuna, like that you get from like right off the coast of Japan. <laughs> uh, I'm going five. I'm going five. Five spicy tuna rolls. Awesome, awesome. very cool. And Nem, in traditional form, we're gonna put you on the hot seat. How many spicy tuna rolls would you give this week's This Week at Bungie? So is it out of five, or is it... One out, one of, out five. of five. Um, five means mm. it's really, really good. Like, Deej just blew your mind. Good. I'm going to go with four. Simply because I'm not too crazy about the Iron Banner stuff, but the raid information and the mm. um, the Outbreak Prime stuff was pretty great. Yeah. I'm going to give this update a 4.5 because I agree with Nem very much that the Iron Banner thing is just very uneventful and it's like that sour discussion that you have with all of the awesome stuff that's going on in front of you. I think... I gave it a 5 because they're building, building, they're bringing the hype. Oh, absolutely. They're they're definitely beginning to build the hype for what's next and we're starting to get a really clear idea for where Bungie is headed into the future especially with Season of Opulence we know the name of the raid I mean we have some hints at what this raid will be about and we did talk about it um, on the podcast tonight and uh, Nam, thank you so much for being with us tonight we really appreciate your time dude it was a blast thank you for having me freaking blast man i i had so much fun like incredible on a guardian level man like it's been the funnest one that we had so far and i know i say it all the time like man we're just getting better and better with every episode but it's just so much fun man i've had such a blast talking to you about destiny you're such an awesome dude and i'm gonna share all of your stuff with our audience because i think you're such an awesome content creator and you're so passionate about your work and about Destiny, which is why we're here each and every week. We love Destiny. We love to play. We love to help make this game better. Whatever our thoughts are on the game, we we share a passion for the game and we want for it to be awesome. Yeah. And right now, more than ever, we're starting to see the really cool things that Destiny is able to bring us as Guardians and we're kind of seeing a glimpse into the future, and I'm so excited about that. It's really great to see people coming back to Destiny and playing, and this new gun is so freaking awesome. Go support a dev. Go thank a dev. Be grateful. It's a great time to be a Guardian. We're so grateful to have this awesome experience of podcasting with all of you, and thank you so much for listening to us. Thank you for much, so much for supporting us and for subscribing. We really appreciate you guys. And we cannot wait to share more with you very, very soon. But for now, 
I want to learn more about you guys. Where can our audience learn more about you, Nem? Um, primarily, if I interact with as many people as I can over on my Twitter, so uh, twitter.com slash nemplays, um, that's usually where you're going to see a lot of either uh, silly meme gambit invasions with me and like world line zero or some other off the wall exotic um i love taking uh screenshots of destiny so if you if, if you're big into screenshots stuff like that you're see you'll see that a lot of that there um and you'll most likely see my twitch stream come up there as well where i don't stream as regularly as a lot of other people but uh yeah you can find all that stuff on my twitter so twitter.com slash plays and I'm sure we'll be seeing so much more from Nem. He's a really passionate guy with a lot of drive, and I cannot wait to see what's next from you and from Planet Destiny. We have so much respect for you guys, and we love what you guys do, and we cannot wait to hang out with you guys again soon and to learn more about Planet Destiny. Uh, maybe invite some other people from Planet Destiny onto our podcast. That would be super awesome. And thank you so much, man. Yeah, thank dude. you again for being thank with you. us. We really appreciate you. And yeah. we're so grateful for your time and for sharing your awesome story with our community and for talking with us about this really exciting time in Destiny that we cannot wait to play literally as soon as we get off. <laughs> we're probably going to take a break. I know my dog wants to go for a walk, so that is going to be happening right after the show. And then me and Shadow Price are going to get back on the grind, get the heroic mission done, and enjoy the game. And it's so exciting to play. And again, it's so awesome to be a Destiny fan. And before we go, Shadow Price, where can we learn more about you? Again, to follow me on Twitter at ShadowPrice79 and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash IamShadowPrice. Very cool. And you can learn more about the Destiny Show podcast at www.destinyshow.com. You can find us on all of your favorite podcasting apps, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Anchor, and more. And thank you so much for all of your support and for tuning in for another episode of the Destiny Show podcast. We have a really awesome cast coming at you in the month of June. Next week, we have Josh Hunt, the creator of DestinySets.com. We're going to sit down with him and we're going to learn so much more about what he does. And we're going to learn about Destiny Sets. And we're going to learn about the development side of things a little bit more. And coming next month, we have exciting guests like... CJ Gibson from IGN's Fireteam Chat, and we also have um, a lot more guests coming at you that we're going to be announcing very shortly. So thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Destiny Show Podcast. We'll see you out there, Guardians. And...
You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. The hosts at Robots Radio get a lot of questions from people who are interested in starting their own podcasts about how they can start, how they can grow their audiences, how they can create good content, even what microphone to use and what software to use, things like that. Well, we're changing things up at Robots Roundtable to talk and share about the things that we've learned, the things that work and the things that don't. We're sharing with you our actual real world experience. How can you launch a show like the Fallout Lorecast and get as many listeners as we did early on and rock it to the top of the charts on Apple Podcasts? How do you create a show in such a crowded marketplace as it is today, as opposed to 10 years ago? We're getting together every week to share our answers with you. Just look up The Podcast Professor, a robots roundtable with the hosts from Robots Radio. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc